And here we are at Podcast 113, presented by Five Pin Universe. I'm your host, Kerry Kreitz, joined by the Wiseman Twins, Dexter and Tim, and your special commentator, Daryl Bradley. Special. I'm special. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm the special one. <laughs> it's only been like 30 episodes. <laughs> oh, I think it's been more than that, hasn't it? I think uh, it was oh, yeah. 43 or something, maybe? 70? What number did I start at? Yeah. 70? Yeah. 70, I've I missed, think, I missed yeah. a few in there, so... I, yeah. <laughs> oh, that, so probably closer to 30. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how's it going, guys? How was the week? Uh, do, doing, doing okay. Uh, this is our first week of having to check vaccinations and, and stuff like that. So uh, it's, it's been an interesting week. Um, but it's, it's been good. I mean, for the most part, everyone's been really fantastic with it. Uh, we've helped out. A lot of a lot of the seniors with getting their stuff printed out because it's just so much easier just to like sit down, be like, "Hey, let's print these out for you, so we don't have to boot your ass." <laughs> so <laughs> that's better for them to have a card than it is to try to sift through a phone or something. I guess, hey. Oh yeah, and, and honestly, just most of them don't have access to computers and stuff like that, and uh, yeah, so it's it's hard for them. So we're we're trying to help out as best we can. Yeah, it's been just dandy. I tell you, it's been, a lot of, just it's, been, dandy. it's been a lot of fun. I mean, who know? You know what? It's it's frustrating. Uh, I think the government. Of, talk, let's talk a little bit about politics. No, here the, we go. The, the, yeah. the, the government maybe should have made us that decision, not maybe let the business decide, right? Yeah. But, I mean, or or you know maybe maybe the liberals could have put in a. I, yeah, put, I thought you were going to go the. Put, 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 I mean, maybe Trudeau could have put one in, but you know, oh well. Or, he has another term now, so it's all good. Yeah, yeah. The, old, the old, the old, national election. We're gonna go there for a little bit, guys, or what? Yeah, well, yeah. might as well. We're we know what we, we know what Alberta wants to do, but then it seems to be that whole Toronto area region down there that is so pro red and Quebec, of course. But it's uh, it's interesting. It's it's not like we have a whole lot of say here in Alberta. No, it was, I mean, hey, uh, it was a, a big election. There was a, a lot of surprising results out there. Um, not in the least. It was exactly the same as last time and like, yeah. completely unnecessary. But, it but, costs, is, but you it know what? It costs 600 you know, million. Yeah. 600 million dollars making people come out in the middle of the fourth wave to do this election is just, it just seems ultra ridiculous to me. But yeah, hey, you know what? That's, it is what it is. My only complaint honestly is the fact that um you know we were supposed to have electoral reform six years ago and uh i don't think that's ever going to happen because no. it just doesn't suit people so here we are that's my rat that's my rat it great. is it's it's tough i mean you look at the number of people that are in that region and obviously they warrant the number of seats and that's how it's based on it's not based on the number of seats based from Ontario and Alberta the same. It's based on population, so you, you can't. But I mean, I'm, I'm I'm definitely interested to learn more why that is. I think. I mean, I have an opinion, but I, I don't know enough, so I want to find out more. Why is it so pro red down in that area? I think I sure. we better off to learn that before I start spouting off about it. Obviously, I know my opinions and what I like here, but totally. it, it definitely need to ask questions. So. It would have been nice to go to club tour, and you know, I would have gotten the whole update from there. But you know, club tour is not happening. Yeah. No. Right. 
We know that for sure. We can go to the bowling tournament side of things, away from politics, so we know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll yeah. Um, so obviously the autumn open is coming up in a few weeks, two weeks in a day, uh, to be exact. And uh, we on our hundredth podcast extravaganza, we had a big blowout. We gave away a bunch of stuff, and Adam Weber was uh, one of the guys that was donating a free WCVT membership for one of the lucky participants of the tour. Um, unfortunately, the person that won that is not going to be able to compete in this year's WCBT season. So we are running the giveaway once again, and it's happening tonight. So as Ryan O'Callaghan did, hashtag Weber membership. Nice. Good show. And we'll be giving it away at the end. And please only enter if you're planning on being a WCBT member or if you couldn't afford the $100 membership, maybe this is your way to get one in for free. <laughs> hashtag, uh, Mitch, you, you messed it up. <laughs> just, just hashtag Weber membership. Can I, how do I do this now? Do I have to open up a new window to go and do this somewhere? Yeah. Oh boy. Oh look at look at Tim. Tim's hurting for money, so <laughs> I, you know what? I'm willing to sell my soul right now. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's good. But we do have the autumn open coming up, so that's exciting. Uh, number of entries, I think we've seen recently. You're at 132 different players come into play and then a number of them have signed up for re-entry so we're a good number of 200 that we're look, looking at right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. likely with a number of re-entries that we'll play so it's a good number yeah so uh one of the things that obviously with alberta's whole covid situation that uh the provincial government has instituted um if they want to run at 100 capacity they have to ask to uh see vaccine proof or a negative COVID test through private clinic or private testing. So um, obviously that's a little bit of a hiccup, but Paradise Lanes has to adopt it if they wanna run this tournament at full capacity and their leagues at full capacity. So um, they have made the choice to run that way and we fully support them. And we hope that the people that wanna play, um, if they're deciding to be unvaccinated, that they get those COVID tests done they have 72 hours um so they would have to get vaccinated thursday if they want to play sunday um but yeah it's a it's a good option for everybody they're not denying anybody as long as they can prove that they're vaccinated or aren't sick with covid19 or carrying covid19 i guess i should say you may not necessarily be sick you may be asymptomatic so yeah it, it is it's just it is what it is right um there's yeah. not much anybody could do about it I, I agree with what Tim said earlier. It kind of sucks the way the government rolled it out. You know, it's just they they kind of they made it appear that businesses had a had a choice when we don't. I mean, ultimately, it's it's one third capacity and households only, or you can run like normal if you do this. It, it's just there really is no choice. Um, and you know what? The great thing is, is like all the bowlers and the league bowlers and all those people around. They all understand, vaccinated or unvaccinated, they understand the choice that the bowling alleys are forced to make in this decision. But that being said, open play doesn't. We you should, we got some we got some really really fantastic and hilarious emails this week of anger. And like, I, look, I understand the anger, but most most of it is just ignorant to how the bowling industry works, and uh, it's just impossible for us to give up leagues. It just is. We'd be under in a month. Yeah, for sure. For the, to ask all those uh, businesses to 
cut down to a third and uh especially when you guys already had to do that in a prior season not receive all that income right it it's just a it's a hard ask and you have to be at a point that you understand um, everybody's frustration with the situation. There is an option to compete in this specific event. Um, it's up to you to take it or not. And if you're not, sorry, hopefully you get to compete in a future event. Um, but if you do take part, we welcome you with open arms and look forward to competing again. Totally. I cannot wait. It'll be awesome. I say go get vaccinated. Just get vaccinated. Just, just get vaccinated, people. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and Daryl, you're you're the AstraZeneca guy, right? Yeah, I've got to go get a third one. I was going to before, but my stomach. We were supposed to do something last week, but that uh, got canceled. So now I can go get my third. I'll get my booster. I'll get the. I'll get the. I'm pro vaccine. Cool. Let's go get it. Do what I need to do. Right. I'm out and about seeing people often. I'm in the public. I'm, you know, sometimes within that social distance or limit uh so yeah i'll get my vaccine as far as i need to and support everybody getting it totally. yeah. yeah and then uh so today we announced as five pin universe we will be running a press conference the wednesday prior to the autumn open a virtual press conference so we released um a call for media so us ourselves will have a media person asking some questions of our participants and then we'll have uh some guest media involved as well so looking forward to hear from some of those media outlets that want to be a part of this and we've allotted kind of 10 minutes per participant we got our lineup built already um, we may be adding a few people here and there but um, for people wondering who the participants will be it's probably somebody to do with really done well in the wcbt is helping the wcbt or has done extremely well at the Autumn Open. Those will be kind of the criteria for this event and this press conference. And I hope it runs smooth. We got a pretty stellar lineup and it was fun to build out. Yeah, I think it's yeah. huge for the game, right? Every every Wednesday before a major tournament, we'll do a press conference, right? And continue to invite more and more media, whatever the local newspaper, the local stuff. It's just, it's something that will continue to build the game by having a, official professional format of doing it <laughs> i guess i should spell that right yeah <laughs> that's not how you enter the enter. so that's that's the press conference on the october 6th so that might be that yeah. night might be something that we want to start the sharing of posts right we had talked yeah. about that i think last week and and numbers and sharing it and people and that's just something that uh, would be good and then that whole weekend we'll share the shit out of the posts from WCPT, 5PinU, all the streams, and just 100 shares that weekend will make it go viral for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that that's a perfect time to, like you said, for everybody that's involved to share it and all that good stuff. And yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited. It's the first time we're doing a press conference, so um, it's going to be interesting. How about um, Five Pin U Eight Gamer? As uh, we've released three episodes now, yep. get, getting a lot further along in the matches and uh, coming together. So we're getting there. So thanks for everybody for playing those. Thanks to Carrie, obviously, for your production time and you've been putting into doing all that and getting that going. Dex has be, been doing be, lots of commentating, so yeah. it's been good. Be be careful how much you thank me because I had to solo commentate one episode and. 
I apologize to the participants. It wasn't very good commentary, and the viewers will probably snore through it. So it's. Uh... <laughs> oh, whoops. <laughs> yeah. Was that the noon one? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, the, no, the rest are really good. Um, some some of the some of the production went really well. Some of the scoreboards are hard to read, but um, for a first time going through this thing, it's been really good. Yeah, I mean, we we got to use technology. We have to rely on things like internet, and the internet is tough. A lot of bowling alleys are in basements. There's things like that. So the people jumping on cellular is it, it's it's been interesting. One of our <laughs> one of our videos. I mean, it's not really a spoiler, but we had to have somebody sit there and give us ball by ball while we're trying to get the camera going again. And yeah, yeah. it is what it is. <laughs> like, but for the most part, it's it's super cool that we can do this. You yeah. know, having somebody playing. You know, from from Alberta facing somebody in Quebec in real time, and it's yeah, uh, yeah it's it's a uh, it's a neat tournament. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Any any ideas for next year, Kerry? Yeah, it's not happening. <laughs> yeah, maybe. keep pushing it, Tim. It, yeah. It'll be even pushed yeah. farther down into the basement. Yeah, uh, but Pro League, how about that? Pro League is very exciting. Five Pin U Pro League's coming up, and that's the first matches that we're going to be bowling in. There's October third. Not yes. necessarily live streaming that day, just to make sure that we've worked out kinks. But um, yeah, October third, Sundays. Like we're we're into a, a professional season here coming up. It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, October 3rd will be the first recording, and um, we have three teams that are going to be tar- participating in the, the three-hour session, so it's uh, going to be it'll pretty be, cool. It'll become, for the year, Sunday morning bowling again, right? This will be what's on TV, right? Maybe it's on, you mean throw your YouTube up on TV and you stream it, still on TV. It's maybe not on CTV or on TSN or CBC or anything, but it's on TV, and there's many ways of getting it up there that um, you know across this great nation that we can have five pin bowling on tv again so as a pro team it'd be awesome yeah, yeah. as teams playing teams yeah exactly yeah. and we we have some great sponsors that have jumped on board to help us out and um we have an mvp award male and female and all this stuff so the league is going to be full out with stats and everything. Hopefully we can bring real-time stats um, for later matches after we get to know how the players are playing and stuff like that. So lots of stuff to build on, and it's going to run all the way till March, April, May. I think May is when the playoffs will be. So it's going to run a full bowling season. Hopefully it almost lands on every week, right? Every Sunday, there will be some some gaps due to the WCBT, the Masters, the Open across the country and stuff like that. So there will be some breaks, but it'll be. Uh, we hope people enjoy it. Yeah, and support it, and share it, and build it. Right, build this with us. Right, like you know, it's going to require help. It's going to require everybody's help to promote this, to to get this going. So we have yeah. watchers and listeners and 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 people who are fans of the game. Right? There's yeah, a big it's the market. Field of dreams, man. It's the field of dreams. If yeah. you build it, they will come. Yeah, <laughs> well, and, we're, and we're and we're dream crushers, Dexter. So it makes total sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, go bombers, let's go BPG bombers. <laughs> and and do we anu- do we announce now that soon there will be team memorabilia that you might be able to purchase and all that good stuff we're working on some stuff that you can purchase a specific logo on a piece of merch or um stuff like that so 
support your local team or support the team that you think the logo looks the best or maybe you like the person on one of the teams or something like that um everybody has a marshawn lynch on a team right so uh yeah segue segue all right so uh let's pay our bills so uh you can become a patron at patreon.com slash five pin universe for as little as two dollars a month canadian and help support us run this silly podcast that we're trying to do every wednesday and uh all our future endeavors for five pin bowling and once again we have all-star bowling sales sponsor of the week um i'm not sure if we're going to do a giveaway today maybe i'll decide halfway through so people paying attention i'm going to come up with a random hashtag if i decide most likely it won't be all-star draw i'll tell you that it'll be it'll be (laughs) all-star surprise or something (laughs) we've already got weber Weber membership Yeah. yeah yeah um all right so we'll run their commercial and then we'll bring our special guest of the week all right so without further ado our now local edmonton player since he's been pretty much everywhere in this country bowling we have mr steve cummings hey guys how you doing hey steve (laughs) thanks for having me there's the segue with the marshawn lynch jersey in the background i like it eh? go hawks (laughs) go hawks uh, not not a Seahawks fan at all, but like, I have got to respect that uh, that stiff arm. That stiff arm is one of my favorite my favorite highlights ever. So good. It's a classic. We should it's have that ready. Hey, that clip, that, that clip ready. What, what clip are you talking about? Boom, right here. Oh, yeah. it was so good. Just absolutely launched the guy. It's insane, <laughs> absolutely insane. Is that when he came? When he got uh, got the nickname Beast Mode? No, I think he had it before that. Did he? He definitely proved he got it. it then. I think he got it. We still playing for Buffalo, I think. Oh, fair enough. What, Tim? Where did you find that? Where did you find that picture on the the, the Facebook page? There, you've been creeping my Facebook or what? Oh, that actually, that was Carrie. Carrie creeped you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I gotta find a picture for Steve. Oh, there's one that Allison's in. We'll just throw that one up. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> I figured you'd like the Seattle one. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> How long have you been a, a, a Seahawks fan? Like, who would have been the original players? Well, back in the day, obviously growing up on Vancouver Island, right? So I would say I followed them like the, they were like the hometown team. So back when you know Hasselback and Largent and all those guys back in the day, right? So I've been following them. Not a bandwagon jumper. I've been following them since, <laughs> since I was a kid. So, yeah. Wasn't Brian Sean Bosworth? Alexander was one of my favorites too, so. Wasn't Brian Bosworth Seattle? He was, yeah. Yeah, he played there for a little while. <laughs> oh, was he? He played a few different places, did he? Yeah. yeah. So, didn't work out so well for him. <laughs> So what's sports? Yeah. So what's going on? How are things these days? What's uh, what's happening in your world? Uh, obviously, work and any COVID restrictions and all that kind of fun stuff. Let's get those out of the way. What's uh, what's going on in your world these days? Yeah, it's uh, been a struggle, obviously, for everyone for the last two years. Uh, we've had a a pretty hectic uh, summer around here as well. Uh, Allison's parents moved in with us a couple months ago and. Uh, health for health reasons it hasn't been going very well, but um, you know it's been a it's been tough with COVID and work and rally plays double A ball and 
I try and get a few games in too. So all in all, it's been a it's been a pretty hectic month or a few months, so nonstop. So looking forward to kind of slowing down here a little bit and getting back to some normalcy here soon. I think that's funny. That's that's exactly what September brings, right? It actually, you're more busy, but you're doing the normal things because it's now you do it for nine months of the year. You're in kids are in school, you're back yeah. to work, and you have a routine. Where summer brings just sometimes chaos. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's been get, it's been a long summer, but um, you know we're getting through did, it. Did you guys get to play any pickleball? You know what? We didn't play once this year. There was just, really? you know, with Ryan playing double-A ball, it was pretty much every weekend he was playing somewhere, Fort McMurray or Slave Lake or double-triple headers on here in St. Albert. But uh, so, no, we didn't play pickleball once this year, which kind of sucks, but that's we enjoyed sad. playing it. But it just uh, didn't work out this year. No, that's totally hmm. fair. Maybe next year. Yeah. Well, we did see this the recent post that you were a, a champion for your men's league slow pitch, right? Yeah, us over 40 guys, yeah, pulled it off again. So uh, it was pretty good considering most of us are probably over 50. So I think, uh, yeah, it was fun. It's a good group of guys. We've been playing together for quite a while. So uh, we haven't won the league for a few years. But, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's a good group. It's, it's a fun night out. It's good to get out. Winning is pretty fun too. So <laughs> it makes, makes it all the better. Take it. it. makes it a lot easier. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Um, so did you, you've played with Brian Shields for quite a bit, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. yeah me and Brian played together ball for, since I prime since I moved to Edmonton, I guess. I think when I first got here, we had like a bowling baseball team back in the day, I think with Dwight and Jerry and, you know, Leanne Erickson and Sunderland was back in the day and Daryl Horn and, you know, Barrett and Lori, Barrett and Lori and, uh, Brian and. I think Mike Lacouche played with us for a while too back then. So, uh, yeah, I played, I, played just, one, I played one year with him. You might have played, yeah, I, yeah, it was good. It it's kind of funny. You look at the correlation, but I we've talked about this before on other podcasts between slow pitch and bowling. Is it like it's the poor man's sports, or what? What's <laughs> going on? Like, <laughs> there's tons of bowlers that play uh, competitive slow pitch, even right. It's, uh, yeah, it's yeah. Hmm. I grew up playing hand. fastball, and then of course, as you get older, it's fastball doesn't really exist, so it's something mm-hmm. to play, and it's you know it's fun, it's exercise, and uh, you know it gets as you know, Kerry gets pretty competitive out there, so there's some some good teams, and I play on yeah. a mixed team with Sean Smith and those guys, and you know we're probably all over fifty as well, but uh, we still seem to fare very well. We won. You know, the Riley Tofield tournament, not this year, but the, the last time we played, and I think they won like four times. But uh, so, uh, yeah, is, it's uh, once it's in your blood, you kind of got to compete, right? So, is that the NQD team? Uh, no matter what you're doing, whether it's pickleball or bowling or softball or whatever, darts or pool, it's got to play to win. Totally. And I mean, it works on it, it just it fits our season so well. Bowling ends, this starts, you know, slow pitch starts, away you go, but. Sean Smith is the one guy that I swear never ages. Like he doesn't like not at all. Like you yeah, he probably is over 50. He he looks younger than I do. Like like I, I just I just don't understand. He's, he's he's not 50 yet. He's not 50 yet, but he's I think he's got one more year to go. 
you're, you're gonna get hurt. you're gonna get a punch in the shoulder for that one, Dex. Oh, that's fine. But still a very yeah. good ball player. Uh, he's he's one of the most like naturally athletic people ever. Really, it's incredible. But it's nice it's nice to see him bowling on Thursdays. It's nice to see you bowling on Thursdays. It's super cool that you basically have a family team on Thursdays. It's neat yeah, that it's, you're sitting there playing with yeah. your sons. That's really cool. Yeah, it's fun. I'm enjoying it again, so it's good. Awesome. Now, have you not bowled in league uh, the last number of years, or how's how long of a break have you had here? Um, I bowled a little bit last year, but obviously we, none of us really bowled too much last year. Uh, I kind of took a few years off of league. I took a few years off completely from bowling a few years prior to that, so I really have. This is probably the first year I've actually committed to a league in probably five years, maybe. So... And it's and it's good so far. Like like Dex said, you know, you're playing with your family. You're playing with Sean Smith is coming out, and obviously Allison's yeah. in the league. And there's a whole bunch of us in that league, so it's not yeah. not like you're going in without knowing anybody. There's you know a dozen teams in there. Of somebody's it's, somewhat competitive. It's good. I, I'm not a huge. Uh, I haven't really been pushing to play leagues for a while now. But uh, my wife says if I want to play tournaments, I got to play league. So. Uh, it's kind of the sacrifice I got to make to keep her happy. So um, <laughs> I put in some time, throw a few balls, throw a few balls, go home, makes her happy. So, but thanks, coach. Uh, right? If you want to play yeah. in the pro league, okay? If you want to be on the BPG Bombers, your manager is telling you to get out there and practice. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm on the bench to start, so it's okay. <laughs> but yeah. definitely look, looking forward to it, though. That's it. old guy needs practice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, let's go back to, I mean, obviously we've got a, a fun career, some highlights that we'll, we'll chat about and some, uh, some interesting moments and some stories I know you got to share and, and some fun stuff, but where did, uh, where did bowling start for you? Like you, you grew up, you said on the Island, but when did you start bowling and, uh, and how to get the, the joy beginning? Yeah, I, I guess I started bowling when I was about six in Nanaimo on Vancouver Island. Had a couple uncles and stuff that used to play and so forth. And I kind of went down the lanes and thought, yeah, so I'm going to give it a try. So I think we started there at Fiesta Lanes in Nanaimo back in the, I don't want to age myself, but mid-70s, I guess. And then, uh, I don't know, I kind of took to it and was decent at it, I guess, at the time and just kind of stuck with it a little bit and, uh you know, it kind of went from there, and you know, I think when we were ten years old, we won national. We went to nationals for uh, Bantam boys team at you know ten years old, probably the first time ever on a plane or anything. So went to London and Niagara Falls. Went to London, Ontario, and you know, a small town like Nanaimo was kind of a big deal back then, right? Not a whole lot of teams were ever coming out of there to go to nationals for you know basically anything. So it was kind of a big deal and. It was a lot of fun and again i guess i had some early successes and kind of got hooked to the sport and just kind of stuck with it all the way through so you know, but, you know i think as time went on i think i bowled a 415 when i was 13 years old so you know 10 from the gun was pretty at that age you're kind of like wondering what the hell you're even doing but uh i just i just there just kept me enough to keep going and enjoying it and keep growing the sport so yeah. 4.15 at 13. That's good. Yeah, that's amazing. 
Yeah, ten from the gun. Oh. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty stressful, but uh, yeah, <laughs> no it was doubt. fun. No doubt. Uh, how was uh? How and then was I your... pitched, and then I pitched. So, but, oh, well, yeah, that, good. You, you did pretty good to get to ten. <laughs> yeah, you, you haven't ever thought, thought about so. it since either. I thought so. I thought so. How was how was your first national experience? National was fun. Obviously, ten years old, but and I was yeah. again. Growing up in Vancouver Island, going to London, Ontario, uh, it was fun. You know, I don't remember, you know, a ton of it. That was a long time ago, but uh, mm-hmm. I do know we played for, I think we were playing for the bronze medal or whatever, and I know we lost. Uh, we lost a bronze medal match. So I remember that being pretty pretty devastating. and still got some pictures showing the, with that. I mean, losing back then it still sucks. So it was a uh, hard lesson learned, but obviously a good experience, right? So. I mean, nationals yeah. always are so. And, and where was sorry, where was nationals? Na- London, Ontario. Oh, okay, and and that yeah. was that's uh that's when they were still obviously doing the billeting and stuff like that too, and so that adds a yeah, whole. Billeting yeah, billeting for sure. Yep, definitely yeah. billing. Yep. That's that's really cool. It's it's yeah, crazy, so. you know, going to nationals at that age can either like rope somebody in for life, yeah. or scare the shit out of them and never play again. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've had but what kind a of big decision. Yeah. Right. But what a big decision as a 10-year-old, you're getting sent across the country and go to uh, stay with somebody else. I mean, on one hand, yeah, this is amazing. But on the other hand, it's like, yeah. this is kind of scary for a kid in a family, yeah. right? Don't know yeah. where you're going, where you're staying. Obviously, you're going to a bowling tournament. It's like, I didn't even know I was bowling in the tournament in the first place. And now all of a sudden, I'm yeah. going to nationals? Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and yeah, as cool a parent, experience. who they're staring with, or staying with, and stuff like that, you don't know that. Uh, I mean, you know, they got rid of billeting. Oh, that would have been 1998 was our first nationals, and I think that was the first year that uh, parents yeah, could take is. the kids. Yeah. And um, you yeah. know, it's it's crazy to think that nowadays, I don't know if you could do it. I don't know if you could do it at all anymore, really. Mm, there's so much. It's a completely different society that we live in now. Yeah. yeah, there's. Yeah, I mean, I imagine you do your checks and your paperwork and your all stuff. I mean, obviously, there's guys in junior hockey, the Oil Kings. All those players get billeted, right? Obviously, yeah, yeah, a different true. age group, but they they obviously have waivers and sign. We have a good buddy that's actually billeting a player, so he's telling me all about the, the hoops they have to go through. But it's probably a lot more worth it for them to do than it is for the bowling to to do it there. And it just it's either all or none or what. So you'd have to. Yeah, we've looked at building here too. Like I think. Alice has looked in like building like the prospects players or, or an oil king or something like that yeah. too. But then when we kind of started looking into it, it's kind of when COVID kind of hit. So we kind of put it in the back burner, but it's still something we might look at doing here again in the future. So it's a neat idea for sure. And that's exactly yeah. my buddies. They've got a 10 year old boy and they've got a goalie who is their billet for the oil kings and he's like a 10 year old at, at home. Like, and he's yeah. a goalie. He's just, and he's really, really yeah. good. So like how, how oh. much of a good opportunity is that for him to learn to see right firsthand? Yeah. Well, and that was kind of our, our – that's kind of what we thought too with Ryan playing baseball and stuff like that. Like what a cool idea to, you know, build a prospects player or something and someone that Riley can look up to. I mean, he's got a couple other people like, you know, Josh Bergen, Sean and Jen's nephew. He yeah. plays mm-hmm. – he's in the farm system of the, the majors that he keeps in touch with Riley and Riley talks to him all the time. So that's always a good – a good source as well, but we thought it'd be pretty cool if we could have a billet here just to, you know, as you know, the more you're around the game, the more you can find out and learn, the better off yeah. it makes you, right? So, the and more if they love you, it, then absolutely. Yeah, the more exposure you get, it's it's great, right? So, 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You could sit at home and you could still be immersed in the game and chatting about it, and just just doing that alone helps significantly. Yeah, yeah you know the Jays are always on. I mean, when he's playing baseball, he's you know we're dropping him off at the park at ten o'clock and we're picking him up at five or six because he's just staying there hanging out. Like in this day and age, like what a great place to hang out with your childhood. Then you know some kids are doing other things that other things, right? Or even sitting on video games and stuff. So we're all about letting him just have fun and play and spend as much time on the ball diamonds as he can. So nice. Going field field something or shag balls yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah. Watch games. I mean, there's, yeah. there's so much to that game to learn, right? So it's not just as easy as hit the ball, catch the ball, right? So yeah. it's, uh, no, it's that's still good. still playing after a whole lifetime of it, you still learn stuff, right? Like you it, it's never ending. You always can learn more in that sport. So, yeah, I like bowling. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, exactly. It's very comparable to bowling. Bowling, I mean, it doesn't change, but you're still constantly learning all the time and learning about yourself and lo- lo- learning the little things that you could change to make yourself just that marginally better. Well, it's usually, usually adapting to your body, right? <laughs> your body's yeah, the one making the changes, so you got to <laughs> adapt to it. True enough. But, I mean, I had this conversation with uh, Kelsey. Well, and it's a tough game because you, you know, usually fail more than you succeed in that sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Totally. Does he start to get positions specific already? Or is it, you know, you sort of play all positions and experience it all? Or is it like, no, you're a you're left fielder and excited for pitcher? No, they, they kind of got a couple positions. He, he does pitch. He either plays – most times either pitching or catching most of the time. He enjoys playing out in center field, but – He's played a little bit of short and second, but um, he's really been getting more comfortable with a catching role, so he's been kind of gravitating. He loves pitching too, so usually if he's not pitching, he's catching, which from a parent's perspective is great because he's always in the play and he's always active. He's not. He's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's exactly. always in the play, so it's mm-hmm. uh, it's more entertaining for us too to watch, and so it's good. Yeah. And requires focus. And then there's all the things you can see that he did wrong that you can teach him. Hey, you remember in the third inning when you did this, right? Yeah, he does. He doesn't listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> a parent's job is not to coach, right? No. Yeah. no. Yeah. My job is to get him there and pick him up. That's yeah. that's and buy him buy him stuff when he's when he needs it. But take him, a, get him a popsicle or a, a ice cream. But I don't I don't have a clue what I'm talking about when it comes to baseball yeah. court now. So Riley, I know you're listening right now. So what uh, what do you want after your next game? Dad'll buy you anything you want after your next oh, game. Yeah. No. Yeah, he's good. Oh. He's good for a while. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> Anyways, the any other success? Of, the president of the league. The president oh, just keeps telling me to eat cheeseburgers because he's got to gain some weight, but any other success back on the bowling alley um, as a kid? Some of the some of the things. I mean, there would have been those what the Pepsi's, the Cokes back then. What was uh, what yeah. was happening? We won the. Uh, I was on the uh, men's boys team in 1988. We won nationals for the Pepsi's. Uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, oh, still, when steps. did you move here? When did you move here? Like, did you still? Um. Just after that, I say, I guess 1990, I probably moved to Edmonton, I think. Okay. So, like 2021, 20, I think I was 20 when I moved here. So, still part of out BC or part of Pepsi, Pepsi in 88? Yeah, yeah, on Vancouver Island. So, yeah, it was, I still remember their coach to this day. It was our, the five, five guy team, and our initials stood for stack. I just still remember to this day. It just kind of sticks with you, right? So, nice. Steve, Tom, Aaron, Chris, and, uh, Kevin, so I know Kevin Miller still plays, but 
Yeah, it was fun. But that was back. I mean, you didn't go to nationals, right? It was all phone in. So you play your provincial, you win your provincial, and then you got to wait around in the banquet to for all the scores across the country to come in for them to make the announcement of who won <laughs> nationals, right? So, but uh, yeah, still a cool accomplishment, I guess. Yeah, see, oh, awesome. they, yeah. they just needed live after then. after the when I was I think I peaked to yeah no no live streaming no <laughs> I don't know if we had cable TV back then I think it was, well, I had to go and kick the antenna all the time to make sure it was it work so yeah. but uh, and other than that not much success in YBC after that I kind of peaked early I guess but but uh, you know tough to get teams out there and kind of went singles a few times but didn't didn't quite make it but uh, um. Yeah. So and then, any uh, any influences back then that you want to mention? A couple of coaches that uh, or yeah, people that sure showed you the way. At uh, you know, probably early on, a guy named Pat Dance. He used to coach me a lot back in the day. He was as with us for quite a while. But and as I got more into the adult leagues and and so forth, uh, Ron McClellan would take me under his wing and you know showing me the ropes, the tournaments, cash tournaments, taking me over to the Vancouver for the big the big 20 gamers or the 10 gamers or just kind of really took me under his wing as a young guy and just kind of really got me into the sport and a lot of good conversation and not so much technical stuff. Like I I feel like I pretty much, (laughs) I'm not the smoothest bowler out there. So, but you know, pretty much self-taught I think, but you know, obviously I was always good for a conversation about the mental side of the game and you know, what, what it takes and what you got to do. And, you know, Ronnie was, uh, really inspirational to help me, you know, kind of get over that hump, right? And it was, you pay your dues, you know, there was no bowling schools back there or anything else. It was like, you know what, you paid your money and you played and <laughs> either you made money or you didn't, but you, uh, it was a tough way to learn, but it was a good way to learn. That's how I kind of grew up and you just kind of figured it out, right? You just worked hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> playing in meaningful matches right yep yeah when um ian fraser comes to mind did you did you meet him sometime (laughs) then or was that after Uh, i met ian and i met uh, i mean ian was when i came so i came to here about what i guess about two 1990 so the early 90s i started playing at bonnie dune you know guys like steve cheer russ baldwin those guys kind of really took me in and you know, took me to took big cat. I mean, it was all new to me down at the autumn open and stuff like that. And I had, uh, I'd always heard of this Ian Fraser guy, but I heard he's, you know, a bit of a hard ass and, yeah. and so forth. Right. But I remember one night I pulled, I think a Tuesday night league. And I, I think it probably threw a thousand for three games. And, uh, back then when I start, when I was bowling, I used to put my left hand on my knee when I threw the ball. Mm-hmm. Right, like a lawn bowler. Yeah, right. So okay. I used to do that for you know, I don't know. I did all right at it, I guess. And I remember going to the counter at the counter, and everyone's like, "Oh, Steve just bowled a thousand and so forth." But I still remember this day, Ian Fraser looking at me, going, "So, like, he goes, that guy's yeah. never going to be any good until he gets his hand off his knee." <laughs> it was kind of oh. like, "Who the hell are you?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I took it to heart, though. I got a bit like, "It's like, you know what? I'm going to show this guy that." You know, so from that day, I started bowling without my hand on my knee and just kind of went from there. But uh, from that day on, we just, I just had a lot of respect for the guy because he was blunt. He told it like it was. And, yeah. you know, now he's yeah. got their stories of some of their old veterans too. But, you know, I know Ian Fraser didn't always, 
appease everybody, but uh, he was he was good to me, and he you know he just told me like it was, and that's kind of what I need sometimes. So it's good. What a what a you know local legend Ian was though, right? I mean, around yep. around Edmonton and the Alberta and the Opens and stuff. I mean, similar experience. I could tell in detail something like that, but that sounds exactly like something Ian would say. You know, but yeah. he was nice to you and support you and want you to yeah. do well, but he would just give you attitude yeah. about it. But yeah. uh, but definitely, he just, a, you know, he, never sugar, he just never sugarcoated. He just never sugarcoated yeah. anything, right? He was just blunt, which that's how I like it. Like, just tell me like it is. Like, I don't need all this other crap. Just you know, just tell me. You know, no time for this crap. But no, he was good. So yeah, he was fun. But it, from that day, I was just like, screw this guy. Like, I'm going to show this guy that I can play. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, lit a you know, fire on your ass. I guess it worked out in the end. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. Everybody sort of has that one or two moments where they sort of have this "screw you" moment. Don't tell me that. Don't yeah. tell me I'm not going. I'm not going to win anything. Well, I'll, I'll prove you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Totally. But you're right, though. That you know, the time that Ian was in, and you're talking early '90s. You know, I'm 12, 13, 14, starting to get my taste now. Where's the adults and the next things and starting to play? And you know, you're a number yeah. of years older than me. That. Was that was the next group, the Kevin Kohuts, the the Steves, and these guys with the Shields, and like okay, I'm looking at the middle gap gap, and then there's like you said, the the Russ Baldwins and the Ian Frasers and you yeah. know Lloyd Cox, yeah. right? Um, yeah, you know a lot of yeah, these Lloyd guys. Lloyd was were, fun. Lloyd was a lot of fun. Right, Dwight, right? All these guys that you know the Sunday yeah, night Dwight match play at uh, Ashura Park used to be a four team, uh, four player team, sixteen players full, right? Match play, yeah. and, and these are the guys that I grew up watching and kind of like, holy, holy yeah. crap, there's something yeah. out there. Yeah. Did, you, did you ever play yeah, in that league? Was, it'd, be, uh, it'd be interesting, Tim, to get some old stats from that league and some of those names I, would have played in that Sunday night match G- play. Gino was in it. I know Gino used to play it. I know George Shillabier used to play in it. George uh, Shillabier. Um, Brad Anderson used to play in it. I remember the late Brad used to play in that one. Uh, Bob Charter was another one. Bob Charter was a good one. Yeah. He he played for a lot of years, and he could compete for a lot of years too. Yeah. Bonnie Dune, right? He the, was the, the guy local can guy. Still compete. It's yeah. Crazy. Do, do you know what's it was crazy? Uh, Rick Flack. You guys remember Rick Flack? Maybe you guys remember Rick Flack at all? Anyways, he he used to play in it. He made a couple open teams before. I think yeah. uh, before uh, Claire Lakeman. Did he played it? Claire, Claire Lakeman and yeah, oh, what, Bob Linders. Bob Linders. Yeah, it's crazy though. I. I, I've never really had the opportunity to meet any of these people, um, being in Edmonton, but I, I learned a lot of them doing the history with, with Don, right? Um, yeah. I know I've heard a lot of stories from about Ian, and yeah, you're right. Ian was a straight shooter. It, it, it was either that way or the highway kind of thing, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was awesome. I I had a lot of respect for him. I know some people didn't, but but uh, I sure did. Maybe that's where I got some of my attitude from. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just blow it. Um, I like how Ian or, or Don, Don Sim says Ian made his first Edmonton team in 1962. Yes. Thanks, Don. I love that he's yeah. there for the stats. Yeah. <laughs> and he's probably listening to all these too, names, right? Growing up, too, Joe Cranenberg was always somebody, you know, because oh, he was from the island as well, too. So he was another one that kind of yeah. hung around with and, and learned a lot from and. He was a great he is, too. So uh, he is just awesome. <laughs> he yeah. really is. He is. He is such a cool dude. Really like him. But terrible team bowler. Terrible team bowler. Is <laughs> that right? And he would he would admit it. He would admit it because he always said he goes because you know we we'd play together and he'd play singles and shoot lights out or whatever. And you go on the team and you're like, guy can't hit the middle. 
but he says he says he goes he puts so much pressure on himself to, to compete with the team and and so forth he just he's more relaxed playing singles right so yeah but, uh, you can always just give him a hard time too back then but yeah. yeah and a lot of people feel that way i think but yeah. it's different so then um obviously you moved to edmonton the open starts coming up you start Try out for those. That's the competitive local scene there. How did uh, how did some of your first opens go? Or what was your rookie year for the open? Um, my dates are a little foggy, but probably <laughs> my first open I think was about I don't know ninety two maybe. I think it was Medicine Hat or whatever. Um, and I think just after that, I actually moved back to the island for a few years. So, kind of came out here for about two or three years. Moved back to the island for a few years and then moved back again in like 95, 96 is again as well. So but I think my first open was, I think it was Mets now, like 92. I think it was on a mixed team. I think it was with like Lloyd Cox and uh, you know, I can't remember all the people. Right? I asked somebody on that team and uh, I want to say Marcy Clapp was on that team and, and so forth. But a uh, few names, we didn't, we didn't win, but uh, I remember that was my first experience of it and, had a blast, like absolute blast. Like I think, you know, Bruce and Lynn were there and they're always, as we all know, pretty entertaining, a lot of fun, especially off the lanes and, and so forth. And I think there was a strip club on the way to the bowling alley from the hotel and was like walking distance. And I remember you couldn't walk by there with George Schillerberg. I was like, Hey Steve. That's the dollhouse. Was it, it, it was <laughs> called the, doll, the dollhouse. Is it the dollhouse? I don't know what it's it was, called. It was, like, it was in 99 or 2000 yeah, when I went. It was <laughs> like, Steve, let's, let's stop for a beer. I remember going in there one day, the whole contingent was in there. I'm pretty sure like oh, yeah. Bruce and Lynn and Jan and Sue. And whole, oh, yeah. <laughs> whole contingent was in there and it was just, oh my God, so much fun. So much fun. We had some good times. That's funny. And then I went to the on for a few years. And then, uh, yeah, I think I came back in like 90, Kyle was born in 95. So we came back in 95 and then started my career up in 96 and had a few good years there for a while. Yeah, you did. Let's, let's go there. Starting off with obviously the open, um, singles, you, you played yeah. obviously one and you, and you beat, you beat Bruce Mortar in the final of singles. So that would have been at, yeah. at the provincials. It would have been a 10 game qualifying. Where did you finish? Do you remember? And then finished, where did you finish? I finished first. Yeah. Qualified first. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so we won men's team. There was me and Mortar, uh, Barrett Gamble, Kevin Kohut, Brian Goodhope, and Rick Salzen, which I yeah. think Sean Pumper. Smith still has nightmares about. Pumper. Um, so we won gold. And then yeah. um, I remember the ladies' final was going on. And me and Mortar were sitting there kind of on the side. And I was just excited. I mean, we're already going to national. Nationals are in Newfoundland. It's my first time. I'm thinking, this is gravy. You know, this is great. I mean, Bruce were just kind of joking around. And I thought, whatever. We're both going to nationals anyways. Like, you know, so we end up playing the match. And one game match. And I, I think Mortar had to go up there in the 10th frame. And they get to make a mark. And you think he did a chop off. And then he cherried it or missed the, the spare so I ended up winning so I was pretty excited I'm thinking this is great I just won singles right you know but it was just I was playing Bruce Mortar <laughs> yeah. and then, definitely and the wasn't the crowd's favorite and you know you kind of 
go through the thing. It was kind of a somber crowd because Bruce just, you know, lost and everything. And I didn't really get the whole thing at that point. And I remember going up to the, the hospitality room. Again, I'm on cloud nine. This is great, right? You go in the hospitality mm. room, it's just kind of somber. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Right. But I guess <laughs> yeah. at that time, there was the one thing Bruce hadn't won yet was he hadn't won singles at that point. Right. So I think it was like the last thing on his list to get done or whatever. Oh. I think he just... <laughs> It was a little sad about the whole thing, but it was, uh, yeah, it was fun. But it was a good story. It was fun. But or to do the double, the double nationals, or to do both at the at nationals, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it, well, it was good, but it was Newfoundland, right? It was my first nationals. It turns out my only nationals, but, um, but Newfoundland, I'm playing singles and team. So every morning, I'm up early because we played singles every morning, and then the afternoon, the guys would all roll in and we play team, and then. You know, at night you go to the hospitality room and party and whatever. So wouldn't say I got a whole lot of sleep and stuff, but um, I didn't. I think it was the last day. I think bowling was finally done, and I think I went to. I think it was Leanne Erickson at the time. I says, "Could we just? We just? I just need to go somewhere. Like I've all I've seen and since I've been here is the hotel and the bowling alley. So I think we went for lunch somewhere just to say I actually did something else. But but yeah, great experience. So a lot of fun." Yeah, that's awesome. Do, do you do you think the winning of the gold medal for the team already made your made that match against Bruce? Do you think that made it easier on you? Just like the pressure's off because I think it definitely won? made it easier on me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I was relaxed, loose. I again, I at the time I was like, you know, probably didn't. If I would have lost to Bruce, and who if if you lose to Bruce in the final, well, I don't think no one's going to say anything less of you by any chance, right? So. Yeah, I really didn't too. feel like I had anything to lose, right? So, but uh, yeah, That's but awesome. what a great time! What a great group of guys! Great friendships from that from that year. I mean, Bear's probably one of my best friends to this day. So it's been uh, it's been yeah. good. Yeah, there you go. There's the, there's the original. Yes, that's the beauty. Uh, that's that's a different year, I think. Yeah, good hope. No, that's yeah. the team. Good, yeah, good hope song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those yeah, those shirts were awesome year. too. Yeah. Yeah, even Carrie, Good Hope would chucker he was too. Uh, yeah. there, there, I, there's another photo I gave you with the Alberta Kellers. Um, that's another one from '96, I believe, too. All right, I will look for that. Yeah, yeah. And then there's, there's the other one at the Open. And then you, um, how many other Open times did you play in, in Edmonton? Number. You know, I don't know. I, I mean, I. I didn't play every year. Obviously, I moved around a little bit. I moved, spent a few years in Ontario and BC, and you know, a couple of years I didn't play. So I don't really know exactly how many I've played. Yeah, yeah, that that's because we lo- we lost to Saskatchewan in the, I think for the bronze, and well, as you can tell, we choked. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. We, I'm pretty sure we had a really big lead going into like the last three frames, and we did nothing. And they came roaring back to beat us. So that looks like that Kevin Rack in the middle behind you, and Pizzy yeah. even look right there. Pizzy, yeah. uh, Jorgensen, Jorgensen, Pizzy, Brian, Brian Earl. Earl. Yeah, yeah. Those those yeah. were the Alberta shirts. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that had a big pink rose on the back too. It's really nice. <laughs> you still have it, don't you? Uh, I might. <laughs> I might. I love it. Is, it doesn't yeah, fit though, but awesome. it's I still have it. <laughs> That's awesome. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Now I know my rookie year would have been 
2008, something like that, or 2008 it would have been 98, something like that, at Sherwood Park, and that was, and you yeah. were on the team. Yeah. That uh, Bruce was on the team, I believe. Tom Stevenson, Lynn Howell. Yeah, me, you, Stevenson. Kohut. Howell. Howell. Kohut. Yeah. That was one that would have been. Um, I, I don't think we lost by very much either. It was down to one or two points. Oh. You know, sort, sort yeah, of one I always think end, about. Yeah. What a great! It was a great team, though. It just couldn't. Uh, yeah. Didn't didn't work I, out. I had a hell of a fun week as a, a rookie. I sure I sure came in came in pretty pretty good. <laughs> Um, but uh, probably one of those things you'd like to learn a lesson and maybe focus a little bit more on the bowling than on the after side yeah. of bowling. That yeah. uh, you know would have been a would have been a good idea, but you know not like the guys gave me a hard time about it. But Kevin, <laughs> Kevin and you, I think we were all having just as much fun. So yeah, um, but definitely a team that should have probably gone to nationals back then with with those guys on the team. And I was lucky to be on that good team to, to start my first first open. Yeah. So. Yeah, you got to play, right? Doesn't matter who you are, you got to play. Yeah. Seen a lot of good teams not make it. So. Yeah. You've been around for a lot of our first teams. <laughs> you were on my first team too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Tim and I played you, but. No, I don't think we ever played together. No. But yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> I think oh, that yeah. was your. I got a text really early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> you by, you by, by Brett Red. Yeah. Telling me oh, Dexter had an accident. <laughs> uh, Lynn was the coach or Don McIver was the coach? Don. Uh, McIver was the coach, the coach yeah. Yeah, because McIver made uh, one or two at the end there. Yeah. Mixed, maybe, yeah. I think he did. But, yeah. 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 Another good team there. Yeah. It's always been, Lots of fun. Always been good teams. I think we had too much fun in those teams sometimes. I probably should have, looking back, maybe should have focused a bit more on bowling, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You'll, you only live once too, right? You gotta enjoy yourself. You only live once. You gotta find balance, right? So, yeah, absolutely. Now, as we're as we're on the open now, that's something that you you don't play a whole lot anymore. Um, it, you know, decision to just not play the open. The format doesn't suit you. Time of year, something for for that one specifically, or or what's the? It's not about um, coming back. Or what do you what do you, what are your thoughts on the open overall? My overall thoughts on the, I mean, back then there was always different things in play, whether it was personal work. Um, you know, one of the big ones for me, Chase played hockey back then. So minor hockey week was always the same week as open trials. And, uh, you, you know, you didn't, I, I just never missed this. I just never missed this game. So if he went to the finals, it would be the same time as the trials. And that was a decision I was willing to make all the time. And I remember there was some controversy every once in a while, like, well, how do you, how do you not know that you're playing the open? Well, I don't. And I don't know until probably Friday. And that's a problem that I won't play. Like, you know, stuff like that. Paul's like that used to just drive me nuts. Um, so if it worked out, it worked out. And there was just some years I just didn't feel like it. You know, I'll be honest. Or, But um, as I get older, I, I want to play. I mean, if you would have told me back in 1996, I'd be sitting here in 2021, never going to another Nationals, I'd probably think you're out to lunch. But here we are. And. You know, it'd be nice to go back, but, you know, I get older and I get kind of set in my ways and um, not a huge fan of the format, to be honest. I prefer more of a pro league style where you pick your own team. Like if I'm going to sacrifice a week's vacation or, or this or that, I'd rather play with guys that I want to play with or girls or whatever. Then, you know, over the years, there's been a few people that I just don't want to play with. And 
it's a choice that I've made. That's a personal choice. It is what it is. But um, I'd rather go spend a week in Mexico with my family than spend a week at a bowling alley with people that maybe I don't uh, enjoy. So changing the format to where you pick your own team or whatever, in my opinion, is a, is a way better format. I think you get more teams. I think you, you get more camaraderie. And, uh, uh, I'd, be more in, I'd be more engaged to play maybe than what I am now. So, so let's let's build on that. Do you think that there would become like super teams, and it would deter, I guess, your your regular open players not to play because they're not going to get a chance to play with the Bruce Mortars of the time or the Adam Webers or something like that. I don't think so. I mean, I, I I've always looked at bowling like curling. Curling, I feel like 20 years ago, bowling and curling were kind of on the same same area. You know, they make their own teams. Uh, I think you play with people you enjoy playing with. Obviously, you want to compete, but there's chemistry that's involved. It's not just about putting the four or five best bowlers. They aren't going to win. I've been on teams that have been pretty good that they don't win. They don't have chemistry. There's that one person. Yeah. It's more about chemistry, I think. And, I mean, Alberta has five zones, and – couple of those zones struggle to compete. So yeah. you flip that around. Are you telling them you can't five, three, four, five, six men's teams that are willing to put the money in? And I mean, there's, we're all pretty, we have our egos and our pride. And we all think we can win. And I strongly believe it's a personally, that's my personal opinion. It's a better way to go. <clears throat> uh, five pen pro team league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm looking totally. forward to it. I think, I think, totally. I think that's the yeah. way to go. I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, I tell like it is. I, but personally, yeah. I, again, I there's a lot of opens I haven't played. So it's like I look around and you know I'm getting older and the kids are getting younger and some of them just want to drink and party and have fun and I get it. I was there, but I'm not there anymore, right? So if I'm going to take a week away from my family, at least I want to do with people that I enjoy being around. Yep. Yeah, you know, so exactly. Um, and, and, I think and that's there's why there's the avenues of, of the five pin pro team league that you do have the option. You have the choice, so you do, you're not forced to have right. to do the open. Right, and that's the good thing is there is opportunity yeah. and there is pro choice that you can you can do whatever you want. You don't have to play it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think it's great, but that's my two cents. Uh, I I still say my favorite. I got to be honest, my favorite tournament throughout the years is always the Edmonton Open Trials. I think that's always been the toughest tournament to play in. I mean, every you know you're taking your top what nine guys make, and you can look at that list every given time and saying, yeah, you got five or six guys that you think are going to be there for sure. And then it's always a couple people that come out of the blue. Like you got to bring your A game to that one every single one for 20 games. So I've always loved the trials, probably more than the provincials, if I'm being honest. Um, but I love the trials. I just love that that competition. It was. Edmonton zone is tough. It's just, it's like you've won already. Maybe we're just looking for a 20 game tournament, 10 games Saturday, 10 games Sunday, you know, (laughs) but but you're right, Steve, making a team in Edmonton is an accomplishment. Right. Yeah. 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 Let's, uh, let's switch over to the masters. Now a couple of years in that same sort of world there of, uh, you know, mid nineties had some success in the masters. Um, didn't play those a lot of years either, just sort of in that time frame. That was, you know, again, choice to, to qualify and make those. Um, tell us about your Masters experience. Yeah, I played Masters a couple years in BC prior. Um, I, I played a couple years 
96, 97. I played a couple other years. I can't remember the years, but uh, I love Masters. I, again, I like the I like the competition of the Masters. I like playing with and against the fellow bowlers in Alberta. My thing, to be honest with you, I just bowling in July just doesn't do anything for me. You know, so uh, again, choice that I made, right? So I did it for a few years. Uh, had some success at it. And it was just uh, there's always seemed to be stuff going on or work or just kind of this. I don't know. I, I found bowling in July was a very long season because if you make it, you got to play, and then it wraps around again a month later. You're back at it again. It was just like I kind of always needed that break. So, but in '97, though, that would have been a fun experience. I mean, obviously, as a singles uh, out of Alberta, yep. even just a win out of singles out of Alberta would have been a big accomplishment to get your name on that trophy. Uh, a lot yep. of good players in Alberta at that time, and then going to nationals yep. and playing uh, Bob Herman in the final. Yeah, yeah, that was a great. Again, I, I liked the format. I think it was. I think it was me and Jennifer Marshall playing together. Like, because I think you do you do it together, right? Like the men and women play together against the other provinces and stuff of like that. Um, yeah, I think I finished around Robin in third and then, uh, played Maurice Girard from Quebec. I think in the, for the first stepladder match, you know, won that one and then played Bob and Bob Irwin was lights out the whole, the whole weekend. You know, he was just, he was on it. I remember Lynn Howes in the pit with me and I think, you know, Bob won the first game and I remember going in the second game and basically Herman needed to bang out to, to beat me. And I remember sitting there looking at Lynn going, he's going to do it because he's been doing it all weekend sort of thing, right? Yeah. So, but, yeah, finishing second was was cool. It was good. I thought it was uh, – it was in Winnipeg. So, but, uh, yeah, it was good. Wish I would have pulled it out, but it was pretty close. But Mr. Herman was the better man. Well, it's still, it's still an accomplishment and a highlight for sure on your on your resume, yep. right? Yep, Silver sure. at Masters Nationals is something good. But the big my wife crowning me, she's not, My wife has gold, though, so she reminds me daily that she has a gold medal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're definitely going to bring her on, and she can talk about her gold medal. Allison, you'll get you're coming on in a bit. Yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> the floor is yours, dear. Um, but obviously a big accomplishment for you in 96. I remember this you know, vividly, and I think even in that Rose Bowl, during the qualifying shift, um, I think Lynn Howell took 10 bucks for me and said, here, you're doubled up with David Jorg- Dave Jorgensen, somebody else, and Steve Cummings. And we ended up winning doubles. And I was like, okay, great. Who did I play with again? Yeah. Right? And then and then you go on to win the, the tournament. Um, but TP or Rose Bowl champion it was at the time. Um, big major cash tournament. So that's a 96 heck of a year in there. How, how, did the, how was that one for you? Well, it was a big deal back then, right? I mean, it kind of petered off, but um, a, a lot of fun. I mean, it's kind of on a roll around that time and kind of with everybody. And, uh, um, I mean, I don't remember all the details, but I do remember there was one match. I'm playing this one guy, Javier or somebody. And um, Jimmy Llewellyn, I think, had me in the, the Calcutta. And uh, I think I was down like 60, 70 sticks going into the last game. I think I started out with a six or seven bagger. And every strike I threw, Llewellyn got louder and louder and – I mean, yeah. Bonnie Dune has some of those city high average banners with my name on and stuff like that. And he's walking around with that thing around his neck. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, he's re- every strike I throw, he's yelling, the house that Steve built. And, 
it got, <laughs> got to a it. point where I kind of felt a little bad for the other guy, but and and went in, ended up winning that match, and then uh, I played uh, Brad Anderson in the final, and uh, I I don't remember all the details of that one, but I don't I think you know I think I won fairly handily, I think, but yeah. Javier Ribe, that's who it was. Yeah, <laughs> nice yeah. work, Len. That super nice Len. guy. I felt really bad for him because yeah. <laughs> well, it was on fire. It was getting loud. So, and I, I bowled there, right? So, I was kind of the hometown guy, and Bonnie Dune and all the seniors are there, and uh, it, was, it was it was it was definitely a lot of fun. So, it was a good time. Awesome. How is Len Anseth? Uh, how's your league night going tonight, Len? Are you bowling with your headphones in, or how's this how's this working? I know you were going to be challenged on, on league night Wednesday night, but I see that you're still going live with us. So, I'm just impressed he remembered. He must not be medicated yet. <laughs> maybe it helps. Maybe it helps. Yeah, maybe. Right. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, and then, how about some of the other cash tournaments that you you know you've you know been around and obviously played in? How did uh, yeah. some of those local ones, anyways? I gave uh, well the cash ones. I think I gave a lot of a run. I think I made final fours on quite a few of them. Um, I know Jim Norcus. I think it was one year. I think I threw a four hundred out in the first game, and he shot, shot, shot like three ninety, and then he crushed me the next two games and. I think I made so I made the final fours the Rose Bowl a couple times. I think I made TPC final four a few times. Uh, Red Deer, I think once. Autumn Open, I think my best was a probably I think I've been fifth a couple times. Uh, just never got over the good showings, but not the actual, not the win, right? But yeah, but <laughs> some other tournaments, uh, you know. A lot of fun tournaments. I, I got to do a shout out because I want, I remember living in Grand Prairie for six months and up in Grand Prairie, I don't know if you guys know, they have the inner cities up there where yes. it's Dawson Creek, Prince George, Peace River, um, all those, those cities up there. And I was up there for six months and I made the, the Grand Prairie team. And I went to uh, Prince George for the tournament and uh, I won the title there for <laughs> singles. I'm pretty sure some of the locals weren't very happy with me just kind of walking in. And I was talking to Gerald Hafner last night because I wanted to get, couldn't remember the exact name of the tournament, stuff like that. And he says, this is the 54th year they're having it, hopefully, this yeah. year. So uh, a great tournament, a lot of fun. They played the exact same way as the Open and probably one of the best weekends I ever had bowling. And you know, back then, we were always pretty big on the Buffalo Club. And yeah. nobody up there knew what the Buffalo Club was, so you can imagine how much fun I had with the Buffalo <laughs> Club with all these guys. And I texted Gerald Hafner yesterday. The first thing he says to me, he says, "I'm still pissed at you for, for Buffalo." <laughs> yeah, it was, was uh, a big deal. Man. It was a big deal for Buffalo yeah. Club. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah, big. It was so much fun. There. Great tournament. Let's, and, let's, uh, let's start a new hashtag. Hashtag Buffalo Club. Come back. Autumn <laughs> yeah. Open. Hashtag Buffalo Club. Uh, um, it's on. The, the northern uh, in that northern tournament's awesome, uh, Steve. We we actually we've been trying to convince him to let Shira bowl in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, but you know they're they're a little bit like worried that we're going to bring our top players in there, and it's and it's not and you can attest it's not so much about bringing your top players in. You just bring it's, it's it's a fun weekend for everybody. It's it's uh it was it was so much fun. It was competitive. Yes. There's a, obviously yeah. a lot of great bowlers up there. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was just it was a blast. I I truly had a blast up there, and they were all very warm and welcoming. And I'm sure they weren't very happy I won it, but 
know, some guy <laughs> walking in, taking the title and leaving again. But yeah. but uh, great group of guys up there, Prince George, all those places, right? Guy yeah. Lund, I remember Guy Lund out in Peace River and stuff of like that. And, but uh, and Gerald and those guys. So Brian Murray, I think I beat in the final. But oh, Brian Murray, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. Brian. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, sure. Yeah, <laughs> it was fun. That's awesome. But obviously, last year now at the Autumn Open, um, you were what were you fifth last year? Yeah, wow. yeah. So that's a that's a you know one to work on, and obviously you got a couple of weeks away to you know get ready for that again. But that's a that's a tournament. Obviously, you must have enjoyed and and want to look forward to get back. And you know what take you know what it takes to get there. Yeah. Well, it was it was ironic, and it was ironic because I really hadn't bowled. I basically quit bowling. I quit bowling for like two years. I sure again to it later but i just quit but i just didn't enjoy it anymore. it was no fun i didn't like it i was still living on the island um i just got tired of the politics of it all i just said it just isn't fun anymore so i quit and uh um i moved back to edmonton and kyle was like hey dad i want to play the wcbt tour and i'm like going okay well let's okay like you know i want to play with kyle so let's go ahead so I really hadn't played at all going into the Rose Bowl or to the uh, Autumn Open, sorry. And I'd started throwing balls and stuff like that and would go down winding to practice and a couple weeks before and kind of went down the week before and just kind of simulated an eight game just by myself, just kind of went through the paces and so forth. And I think I was like three. I know it's Bonnie Doom, but it gave me confidence too to say, hey, I can still do this. So yeah. I uh, – so we went down and I played the first shift. Thought I played pretty well. Didn't go. Didn't quite have enough. And then I uh, played the second shift. I think Saturday afternoon. I think I banged out nine and ten to just kind of ease into the to just make the top forties. Yeah. And then uh, the sixteens. I had a. I think I had like a six hundred double my last two to squeeze into the top sixteen. I think I qualified sixteen. Nice. And uh, I think I started like seven and zero oh in this top sixteen, and then I. You know, Brian Hurst played well, and some other guys started playing well. And I got to admit, I was probably getting a little tired by that point. I really hadn't played much, and and so forth. But uh, I'm on the fifth, so yeah, it. Uh, I was able to hang on the fifth, and ended up hanging on enough to get me to the, the tour championship. Unfortunately for Mike Lacusier, but got me in there. So yeah, it worked out pretty well. So now I'm kind of hooked again. So having fun again. Right, because you were the alternate originally for the yeah for the I think tour it's finals, 13, but you yeah. got. But you got in. That would that would have been a neat experience too. Obviously, we you know brought everybody in and did a little quiet filming series. But uh, you know, mm-hmm. had a fun time. That would have been you know a neat experience for you to, to get into the tour finals. Yeah, it was fun. You guys did a great job. It was a great show. Um, it's definitely uh, good to be a part of. You know, wish it was twenty years ago, but you know, hopefully, I get a couple yeah. years added anyways. But we'll see how it goes. Yeah, the unfortunate side of it was literally that was the only event we could we could run was just those those 12 players like you missed the opportunity to be a part of the gallagher cup and the other stuff to i guess get you prepared for those those matches but um like hopefully this year or this coming season we're we're able to run the gallagher cup and give those 12 guys or girls um the opportunity to play in a a unique format a Ryder cup format event and get them all hyped up and then play for the tour championship. I think it adds a little bit to it. You kind of went in 
like you haven't bowled for so many months and then all of a sudden you got to play for essentially what everybody was playing the tour for was that one title right so yeah 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 it would be nice to experience the whole thing right the crowds and all the other stuff but uh, you know yeah. grateful for the opportunity hopefully do it again um, how about uh, TSNs? I know back there, and you you, you competed on a few TSNs. Um, you know the the true yep. t- TV at the time, and would have been a big deal. Um, how did you do on those ones? Yeah, I made TSN three times. Once I had a whole lot of good luck on those things. Um, I think the first one was two thousand and one, uh, September tenth, two thousand and one. Day before. Oh, oh right, so, yes. Because I was actually. I was in, taping was in Toronto and I had to go to work thing in Montreal. I was actually in the air when 9-11 happened, flying from Christ. Toronto to Montreal. So I remember landing in Montreal and getting to the hotel at the airport. At that point, we didn't hear anything. And then you get into the airport lobby and it's just chaos because, you know, hotel people are trying to check back in their hotel. The hotel saying you can't check in, the rooms are taken. It was just a nightmare. So I, I remember the date, obviously, crystal clear, right? So... Anyways, the first year I played, um, you know, we always see TSN games that are just not good. <laughs> see a lot of 180s <laughs> and 190s. And I went, uh, I played Steve Robson my first time out of BC, uh, banged out 910 to win my match, like 300 to 290 or some, something like that. And then I played Jeff Bourne and lost a seven-frame carryover. Um, right. Hung a corner. It was the only frame I lost. Uh, I actually beat him scratch, but he won the seven frame carryover because I buried a shot and hung a corner. So I'm gone. I shoot 600. I'm out. Uh, the next, and I went back the exact the next year again, and uh, I played uh, Pat Pinko, beat him the first game, and then I think Doug Clark shot 350 at me the second game. So I'm done. And then <laughs> um, I then. I can't remember the exact year, but it was at Frank Sisson Bowl in Calgary, and I played Al Paquette first match. And I think he, I think it's still the record, three eighty or three seventy, whatever. <laughs> and that was against me. So I've played fairly well at those shows, but I got nothing to show for it. So, but uh, I just kind of hit the wrong people at the wrong time. Yeah. And I watch these other shows of like two twenty versus two hundred five, and you're going, "Yeah, why can't I be a part of that one?" But. It's uh, it's all good, yeah. 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 He crushed me. Uh, <laughs> but they are inside a match play. Yeah, they're fun yeah. to be part of, but they're not fun to be on the losing end, obviously. Yeah, no, definitely great experience, a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. The TV stuff's fun. Uh, yeah, it's great. The pr- the produ- production side of it is what makes it fun, right? When the production is taking it serious, you got the crowds, you got the cameras, yep. and you got this. It's like, oh, this is a big deal. Yeah, it is. Yeah, right? yeah. Nice. Yeah. Now, uh, here's a fun one in the stat book: is six-time Edmonton City high average. Yeah. Um, I'm mm-hmm. sure there's a lot of cities out there that keep track of this and their high averages, but Edmonton six-time high average is a is a huge accomplishment. Some some big numbers in there too, and seeing your name on the banner over and over and over is is uh, is awesome what uh remember some of the the scores and what they were what the averages was what your highest might have been uh, i think my highest might have been like 276 maybe um yeah Any i had a good run huh? tim, do you have, does I tim can, have the list of, of what I they can, actually were it's, yeah, good. yeah it's uh yeah i got it well the ones 
276 and 96, 273 and 97, 270 and 2000, and then we had 270 and 08, 267 and 2011, and there was, I think there was one other one that were in there as well. I'm just quickly hmm. looking here, so, yeah. Uh, Tim, will you have that up? Maybe inform the people how many on this podcast have a Edmonton City High average. Oh, two. Carrie, 264. Yeah. <laughs> Because right. yeah. Carrie has an Edmonton one, so silly, right? Yeah, you know what? It, it, it's. Uh, I think I think there's a lot of pride in that, to be honest. Uh, sure. It, yeah, I'm, lot, I'm super of, proud. Yeah, a lot of great bowlers there to be had, and, uh, uh, and especially when you're playing in like the '90s and and like that when the, the pro leagues were around, uh, definitely incredible. I think it's something that guys are starting to watch for now, right? I mean, there are some big numbers. I mean, Bonnie Dune, a couple of years where scores were high, right? Yeah. But, um, you know, as an overall, I think guys start watching it near the end of the year, don't they? For sure they do. Oh, 100%. 100% they're trying to, or they're, they're trying to, or if they think they've got a big enough lead, they'll sit out a week. <laughs> like, so... But, it, but it's... <laughs> It's an absolute honor to make it. Honestly, yeah. it's it's certainly a goal of mine to do it one time, let alone yeah. six. So yeah, six uh, is big. Yeah. yeah, that's that's unreal. It's un- unbelievable. Anybody on that list, Tim? What's a multiple? Just say you know frequency. Well, uh, yeah. Weber, right? Weber's got it twice. Uh, Bruce never John, played. Jo- Bruce no, never Bruce, played leagues. No, yes, he did. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, we're missing some stats here, but Johnny got it twice in there. I'm looking at um, Bruce got one, and he played in 2001, and then he has. I got him from '84 and '85 at Windsor as well. Yeah, so yeah, he had three. Yeah, yeah. So some good players. It, it got it got kind of convoluted at the end because all of a sudden it was like Schultz only played a quarter, so he did. He got the X amount of weeks in, and then. And then I remember the Weber and Freddie thing. They would, they took off the last week in order to get theirs, right? I was like, "You dirty dogs!" Yeah, <laughs> that's that's not allowed, you guys. Oh yeah, pull it out. Well, I'll remember that. No, I won't have a food back. No, it was it was good. I mean, obviously, Bonnie Dune's always been a. I mean, it's always been a very good scoring house for me. Obviously, the yeah. last few years that uh, there's been some changes, but you know, I was able to do very well even back in the day. Like I've played well there ever since I walked into that place and. You know, it was, it was always like, you know, I'd play well there. And again, the, the naysayers or the Ian phrases of the world or whatever, it'd be like, you know, you go win somewhere else and then we'll talk sort of thing, right? So I think that's when I won provincials at Lloyd Minster. And, you know, you start winning other places and TSN trials at Edmonton Bowling Center. And you start to prove to people that you're just not a one bowling alley, you know, wonder, right? You start winning other places, it definitely starts to, people start to take notice differently i'd say yeah and you know what every time somebody says something like that again it just lights it just motivates people you know and yeah um, it always did me right it always fired me up to prove you wrong yeah i'm more of a grinder i'm not a finesse player by any means we've all played together i always get laughed at about banging balls off foul lines (laughs) and and so forth and i don't throw the same ball twice or whatever but yeah. Always, you know, I don't think the same goal twice, but, but I usually get it done. Finish your shot. You bang yeah. into the ground and then you follow through, and it's it's all in that release. You still you yeah. still get all the fingers, the fingers on it. It's yeah. Crazy, yeah. and you've never broken a finger, so no. you're doing yeah. pretty. You good. know when Steve's bowling? 
Yeah. yeah. Steve, Steve <laughs> when, when Steve plays well, he also dips to the right after he throws the ball a little bit. And you can watch over, like, six lanes over. It's like, okay, that's a strike. Okay, that's a strike. <laughs> yeah. I, I, we're talking about Autumn Open. You're my horse in Autumn Open. I think you heard me screaming on the bench when you threw that turkey. I can yeah. see it all the way 14 lanes over. Yep, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Don Sim with that stat. Don, you're amazing stat man. <laughs> yeah. Stan, uh, Trouty. Uh, shout out to them. Stan and Trouty, We have yep. got to write yeah. down everything that's in his head. Oh, yes. We need to do one of these or some. Uh, Calgary, Don, I want to spend an hour or two with you, or we want to spend an hour yeah. or two with you when we're down in Calgary. We need to get some information on your head. So there you go. Yeah. Um, Steve, let's move into um, potentially a, a, a fun, sensitive area, but uh, perfect games. You know, you've got two of them. Um, tell us about the first one, and then we'll go into the second one. Uh, first one, I think, was 97, Bonnie Dune, League Night. Um, I remember the year before, I was actually on the same set of lanes. I think it was like lanes 15 and 16. Exactly, like not exactly, but the year before that, I remember having 11 in a row and punching. And uh, I got there again, 11 in a row, I'm like, I ain't punching this time. But uh, <laughs> obviously through that one, and obviously that was a... It was one of those bucket list things at the time, right? So, um, amazing. Yeah. I had a lot of things on the go. I was doing, I had a couple, I said I had some good years there, but so that was pretty exciting. Uh, had, I think I had, I think I threw 11 in a row from the gun three times, I think. And then I got one of them. I know one game at EBC, I finished with 11 in a row. I think that was one of your TSN trials. I shot like a 800 double my last two games to, to win TSN coming back oh, out nice. of nowhere. So, yeah. Oh, wow. So, what about 10 like, gamer? Uh, Huge difference for sure. Yeah. But so that was fun. That was great. And, you know, I think back then it was worth a bit of coin too, right? So I think it was, I think at Bonnie Dune, you made like 3,500 bucks or something like that. And plus everything else that you got. And yeah, it was just nice to get that under your belt, right? So. I think it's on everybody's bucket list. So to get that done was was nice. Yeah, it would, it would be nice sometimes. <laughs> one day, yeah. one day. Yeah. Dex, do you uh, have one? It's it's not all that it's cracked up to be, guys. No. Oh, you <laughs> shot it. Tim and Carrie have. Tim, you have one. No. Four forty-eight. Only one of us does, eh? Hey? Only Carrie. Yeah. Yeah. How about there's the there's the trivia Car- question. Hendrickson. How many of the <laughs> podcasters have a perfect game? Daryl, when was the last time you had a 400? Oh, man. This isn't, <laughs> Tim, this isn't about me. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. How about 2018, Steve? Yeah. 2018, you're in, in Duncan, so on the island, Bowen, and, and through, it was in a tournament, I believe, um, through Perfect Game in a tournament. Um, obviously, you see the video. I think somebody was filming, maybe Alice in the background, just throwing absolute bombs. Um, no questions there. Perfect, perfect game. Um, go on to be recognized, supported, all the numbers. Unfortunately, it was noticed and seen on, I believe, social media that uh, Duncan Lane didn't have any shields. So brought into question, are the Lane certified? Is that a legitimate perfect game? Obviously, debates, emails, conversations, all kinds of stuff. It ends up getting redacted and uh, and no longer officially recognized as a perfect game for you. So sort of a sad moment and lots of debate to be had in that area. But in my eyes, at least, um, I, I recognize it as a perfect game. I hope you recognize it as a perfect game and everybody else recognizes it as a perfect mm-hmm. game. Um, so what if 
C5 or somebody else doesn't recognize it, but kind of a joke. Yeah. But um, I, th- I think that's kind of the, the viewpoint of kind of the, I guess, the bowling public, the ones that are still playing stuff. It's a perfect game. It just may not be C5 sanctioned, but everybody recognizes that Steve has two perfect games. It's sure. on the center that they didn't support their bowlers enough to get sanctioned and make sure that it it gets awarded that way, right? I don't know. It, it's yeah. I think it's on bowlers. Um, obviously, Steve, you can you can jump in and fire up yeah, your opinions and go for it, right? So yeah, I I guess from my perspective, um, it, it, you know, I bowled in a, it was a trial for an island tournament. Uh, obviously, I bowled on lanes like one and two. Um, I was Allison was on the same set of lanes as me. Rod was actually there watching. Um, the house was full, and it's a five-pin, ten-pin house. So one side is five-pin, other side's ten-pin. You know, there's probably about twelve five-pin lanes. About eight of them were part of our term. And there's a couple open play down at the far end. It was a packed house, and you know, because you guys know, the more you throw, the more you throw gets quieter and quieter and quieter and you, know, you go up into the last frame and it's your pin drop you know throw the first one i still remember this day i throw the first one i throw the second one and i'm getting ready and all i hear in the background is dad dad right so i'm trying to ignore him right he's like dad i'm like why go back he goes you have 11 in a row. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's like yeah i kind of know that thanks <laughs> so Anyways, you go back up and, you know, I throw the shot and everything. And it's the first first perfect game ever bowled in that house. Um, it was a big deal. It was a big deal for everybody who was there. And I thought five pin and, and the house and, and so forth. And it was just a great experience. And then, you know, months went by. Like, it was recognized. It was, it was actually got into the C5 record book. It actually got there because there's no, there's no protocol. There's no due diligence. There's no checks and balances of what's going on and then you know three or four months down the road someone sees on you know and i don't want to say the guy's name but at the time i thought it was a friend but apparently not and it's like hey that that perfect game doesn't count there's no shields and it was just like okay your perfect game's taken away and it was i get there's rules i 100 get there's rules but bc5 hasn't been following for years like no lanes are sanctioned in bc you know, we played we played the open provincials in a lane with no shields. It's a C five event. And they, they came out that okay, this is a C five event, the winning team will go to nationals, but if you bowl a perfect game, it will not be recognized. Well, how can you do that? Like, either you're gonna follow all the rules or none of them. Like and I, I feel as a bowler, it's not up to me. Like I pay my money, I pay my I pay my membership to the C five just like everybody else. It's this Canadian five pin bowlers association. And that's just my opinion. And this is my wife will get mad or if I speak <laughs> online. It's a bowlers association. They should be protecting me. And they made me out to be the bad guy. Because I was trying to fight for something. And it wasn't even so much about me. You know what? For me, I didn't care. I'd already had one. It was one, it was a cool experience with my family. But what about these other young kids and stuff that are bowling perfect games and so forth? Yeah. If it wasn't yes. on Facebook, it wouldn't even have been re- it would it would have just gone through. Yeah. After yeah. the fact. We we live in a completely different sort of society now where everything is filmed. 
So there is yeah. there is none of that, and it's it's crazy. And you're right, it's it's not on you. It's not on you in any sort of way at all, for sure. And it's really unfortunate that um, a situation like that is what brings to light the fact that there hasn't been certification across across the province for a long time. And I I believe I believe certification is important, um, simply because, I mean that's. You don't you don't want to go into a place that's a, a complete dive for these events, right? And that's and that's kind of the whole purpose of it. So I understand and I, I support the the certification process, and I'm just really sorry that you're the person that this ends up happening to that brings to light this problem that has apparently well, I'm, existed. I'm, through I'm happy. It, I'm actually happy it is me because I'm I'm glad it's me and not somebody else like you know some kid comes out and bowls a perfect game whatever and says, yeah thanks it doesn't count to me yeah it pissed me off i thought it was wrong i it if you're not going to govern these lanes for whatever reasons is there's not enough or whatever then don't follow any of the rules and i get it's a rule i understand that it's it's it was a motion back in like 1990 something like i don't even know if it actually if you look in the rule book it actually specifically says that or not you know, but just for the C5 to say, you know what, yeah, sorry, you know, and people on the BC5 pin board basically saying, you need to shut up. Like, you're making this thing look really bad. But well, it is bad. really bad. <laughs> well, don't have a tournament at a place that can't be sanctioned. That's, that's, not, how, that's how our sports governing body. Gonna, <laughs> Why would you, you do that to me? And, yeah, why are you going to sit there and host a provincial without guards? And then actually come out and say, if you bowl a perfect game, it won't be recognized. Could you imagine the, the yeah. if someone would have bowled a perfect game in the gold medal game or some of that, to be told, yeah, it doesn't count. Yeah, it's just it's ridiculous. I mean, no, anybody that anybody, anybody that saw my game would have told you there wasn't any questionable strikes or there wasn't For any sure. wobbling corner pins or, you know, if the shield would have come down before yeah. that. And rules are rules. I get that. But the problem is they're not following the rules and they pick and choose. Was it personal? I don't know. Maybe. I feel like it was. But it was just wrong. The whole process was wrong. It happened. It was recognized three or four months after the fact when someone saw it on video. The C5 had already recognized it. The paperwork went in and so forth. BC proprietors acknowledged the game. But the C5, which pisses me off because, again, I see the C5 as a bowlers association. Mm -hmm. I'm a bowler. I pay my membership every year. You didn't have my back. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so, yeah. yeah so, I, I, so that's a good discussion. Has that situation been rectified yet? No. As to, like, BC C5 centers been sanctioned? Or Not has it just knowledge. been left in limbo? I think it just got pushed under the rug. Shut up, Steve. Don't bring this up anymore. We'll just carry on. Again, there's some great proprietors in BC. Don't and I don't want to make I don't want to paint brush with anybody because there's been some really great proprietors there. But if you're going to follow rules, then we have to follow the rules. And if you're not going to follow, then don't. Why does the bowler get punished? You know. Yeah. And I've just, you know, and I right. this is the bitter side of me sometime maybe coming up. But no, I just feel true. elite bowlers and elite bowlers have kind of got the short end of the stick. See, I think. Five pin bowling is always catered to the masses, not the elite. Whereas any successful sport that you see, whether it's curling or whatever, they're promoting their elite bowlers. And I think you guys are doing a, a better job of that now than maybe we've than we've ever done. But yeah, I, I found bowling to be a little backwards. 
you know, we got proprietors that don't even know what, you know, they, they don't know much about bowling. And then you got some proprietors like Tim and Dex and you know, Ray Britton and, and Brecken where they're dedicated to the sport and they do a lot of really good things, but yeah. there's some that they don't. Yeah. And it's the bowler that suffers. And, you know, to, I mean, perfect games and five pin bowling just don't happen every day. It's not like it's 10 pin where you got 10 or 20 perfect games. It's a big deal. And for it yeah. to be just dismissed, like, eh, sorry, no shields. Um, it's not good. And it just kind of got left and it didn't get closed. And it was basically Stevie just kind of need to shut up, like, let this go. Yeah. And, and, and then I just said, mind. fuck it. I quit. I just, that's why I didn't play it. I'd never played again until Kyle convinced me to play the WCB. And then I went to, to, and I had a lot of people saying, Steve, you, you're too good to quit. You shouldn't quit. But it just wasn't fun. Yeah. It wasn't fun. It wasn't right. I didn't believe in it. I made a choice. And, you know, and then I made a choice to come back to play with my son when I moved back to Alberta. And, you know, obviously Alberta's a little bit different, but. We're certified. Uh, we're certified. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's any lanes in BC, in BC that are certified. No, you're, you're right, Steve. And that's, that's the there problem. There might be a couple. That's... There's a couple that are probably certified. But for the but most part. that's the reason. That's no, the reason Tim, why. Tim, like, Tim shaking I, his head. I, I honestly, I. Uh, I was kind of at the tail end of those meetings and I knew uh, BC was uh, really desperate to, to get their stuff sorted out. Right. Yeah. And, it, I, and I don't know if they, if they got it sorted out yet. So that's part of, part of my gig now. Right. So, but <laughs> right. But it, it's Sorry, like, Tim, it's, I'm just not a, I, I'm a little bitter oh, with the C5. So. I, hey, you know what? Everybody has their opinions. And you know, honestly, at the end of the day, I, I think you truly like as a, it was out of your hands. And that's how I really felt like it was. Um, and I can speak as somebody who, at, at our center, we would never want uh, we would never want our bowlers to be in that position, right? And that's um, now now uh, I know I know that they came up with a light system, in in, in uh, because of this for BC, um, the light system is an alternative because of the price, but. I, again, I don't know how many got certified. I have to look into that again, right? But you have every right to be upset for for something got taken away that was out of your control, really. That's how I looked at it, right? 100%. Right. Yeah, like we as bowlers don't walk into bowling and say, hey, are you guys certified? Like, do I get paid less money if they're not certified? Or yeah, uh, we pay the well, same. Especially, was it a C it was a C5 sanctioned event that you were competing in, right? Uh, it was an island trial, so I wouldn't say it was a C5 mm. event. It was more okay. like an island, you know. It's kind of like the northern inner cities, right? Yeah. It's kind of like a right open play right. between centers on the island, right? So it wasn't. I would say yeah. it was a C five event, but 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 that's that's the whole reason why, like you have you have one rule, you know, enforced and one rule not, and like the certification going like playing these events in certified centers just doesn't happen out there because they don't exist, right? And like yeah. that's and that's really unfortunate. That's really unfortunate because that really should change and i mean in, in alberta it's not even all that expensive to do i mean we do it once every two years and i think it costs us like 150 bucks like ultimately yeah. that like that that shouldn't really hurt your bottom line and and i love having it happen because if there are deficiencies we could fix them because we want to make sure that things are great for everybody um, well, so it, it's there to create a standard, right? Like, so like Tim said, Edward said earlier, so you're not playing in a center, or I think it was Dexter that said, you're not playing in a center that 
doesn't meet a certain standard, right? Especially in sanctioned events or in a sanctioned center. How do you create even play across the board when you have no rules? So the rules make sense. It's just really wish that that situation wasn't wasn't there, right? Yeah, I totally agree. 100%. Hey, that's why this podcast is here to bring up these kind of <laughs> issues and hopefully get them fixed. And uh, we're we're lucky enough to have members in all the associations, even though their their personal opinions don't reflect the associations they're a part of. But hopefully, with all of us being a part of this podcast and our guests, we can bring light to all the issues that surround five pin bowling in this country. Yeah. Yeah, I just I hope something good comes of it. Nothing has yet. Um, I still hope it does. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not so much about me or whatever, but you know, there's there's people playing. There's some good young talent in in BC, and they're coming up. And it'd just be a shame for them to be turned from the sport because they've been robbed of something they've worked so hard for. Yeah, and one hundred percent. Hopefully, some comes of it. I mean, we're, we struggle for members and players already. Why are we we're we shouldn't be having reasons to have people deterred from playing the sport already. Yeah. All, all good valid points here, guys. So thanks oh, yeah. for the conversation around, uh, you know, that perfect game is, as we said before, Steve, that, you know, we all recognize it as a perfect game and you recognize it as a perfect game. So what if they don't, um, everybody else does, but yes, it hopefully brings change, uh, and, and foresight to it. So yeah. one can hope. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's switch gears. Obviously, you've you know a bio here and you bold in in few different provinces, and you've met a lot of good people along the way. Um, you know, give us uh, give us some thoughts on some of those great people, and then here's a good segue. Maybe we'll bring in your better half, uh, better looking half. I think Martin Talbot. No, said uh, much earlier. <laughs> Martin Talbot is not my better looking half. Yeah, uh, <laughs> coming on, but. Anyways, you you've bowled in a few different provinces, had have you know formed some good friendships, uh, and I know it'll be a good chat to, to to talk about some of those good people you've met along the way. Yeah, obviously I started in BC, so I played the Open in BC for a few years uh, when I was really young. Um, again, there's so many good players that played. You know, the Wayne Davies, Ronnie Mack, and. Dave Gurley and uh, Cranabetter and uh, Doug Mosdale and all those, Bobby Herman, all those guys, and so many great players, female players right as well, and Lori Steferick and, and so forth. But so much fun. I think I want to say we probably would have about 12 zones, I'm going to guess. Lower Mainland was always had about three zones that were always really strong. Um BC North, everyone, so put a pretty solid team together as well. Uh, so those were a lot of fun. Uh, also, obviously, played provincials in Alberta. Obviously, different in the fact there's only five zones, so it's a bit of a different type of tournament. You're playing, you know, four teams five times, whereas other places you might play each team twice, sort of thing. And then I was fortunate enough to, I, I made the open team out of Hamilton one year when I was out there and again another unique experience as well and uh, it was funny I remember making the men's team and I really didn't know I think I, I mean I was hoping to play with Martin and but Martin didn't make and I think Mike Bates didn't make it or he made the mixed team or something so 
ended up on a team with four guys I really didn't know that well. And I remember going to Kelly Martin one day and going, so, like, I made this team. Like, how's it look? She goes, not good. <laughs> he goes, not good. I'm like, okay, well, it'll be fun. So we didn't play well. Uh, play with John Conti, another guy that I really enjoy playing with out there. But, uh, yeah, and I'm always asked, like, well, they're different. Like, what's better? And I don't know. I, I, it, it's hard to say. They're, they're a bit different. There's pros and cons to all of them. I, I think it's always – I've always found it depends on the team you're on. I mean, I think it's the, the team that you're with is kind of what makes or breaks the tournament. You know, uh, Ontario, we didn't have a good team. I didn't really know a lot of – the guys on the team well so i wouldn't say it was the best experience of my life and it's nothing against how the open is run out there it was just i was just a small piece of that and you know i think any i think you guys can all agree every open depends on the team that you're with and how much fun you have and so forth so um there's a lot of things i like about the alberta open and there were things i liked about the ontario open so my wife has a strong opinion on what's a better format but <laughs> Um, I, to me, it was, I don't know, it kind of depends. The fun years of the teams where you had good teams or you had teams that you got along with and had a lot of fun with. So, um, to me, those are the better teams. And I had more success on Alberta teams, so I kind of leaned towards the Alberta format, you know. So, I like the fact yeah. you play and, you, you know, you get your butt kicked and you're right back at them two or three games later. So, yeah. I always enjoyed playing Calgary and Red Deer and, and those guys and stuff like that, so. And then uh, you always had to be on your toes for the other ones too, because you just, any, as we know, anybody can win at any given yeah. time. So mm -hmm. um, I like that aspect of it too. So, how about some of the guys that you never played with that you would have liked to play with? Um, Harvey was one of the guys I've always wanted to play with. Uh, I think it's his birthday today, so happy birthday if he's it listening. Is yes. It is. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mark Jackson was always a guy I. I always wanted to play with that I kind of never did, but um, yeah, there's a few of them that, out there that and there's other province of that it's be tough to play against and tough to play with Harvey because didn't play Masters a whole lot, so yeah, I've been only chance there. But uh, probably back in the prime, Mark Jackson was probably a guy that would would have liked to have played with, but yeah, for sure. I I was uh, lucky enough to play with Harvey back in 2008 or 2000. Yeah, I think it's 2008 one of the best teammates ever and then got lucky enough that he coached um, me later at a masters. So I definitely uh, feel you on that. He, he just brings a different presence to the, to the bowling alley when he walks in, I think. I always loved his intensity. I always loved yeah. how he was just a grinder too. Right. So, yeah. you know, he's yeah. having a bad game. You stayed away for a few minutes, but <laughs> he might Hart. be my favorite person just to make fun of. Yeah, <laughs> I make fun of him all the time, and he just sits there and goes, "Oh my god!" Yeah, Har <laughs> Harvey's actually on Car me. Harvey's on carrying my Baker's team every year, right? And uh, mm. I think a couple times he always we always put him in anchor. He doesn't play any games ever during league. And I remember one time he's like, "Where's Harvey?" And he halfway through the game, tenth frame on lane eighteen, like he punched. I think he had two balls left, and you hear him just ringing the uh, the towel rack in the in the bathroom. <laughs> And then, then, Harvey, then Harvey comes back out and he finishes his frame. Yeah. <laughs> it's, Harvey, it's Baker's. Like, why are you so upset? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But I can attest to Mark Jackson playing with Jackson because he was a force. And to play with him was unbelievable. And you knew that he would grind out every game and just fight and fight and fight right to the end. And one of, the, one of my favorite guys to ever play with for sure was Jackson. A few times here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, was like, I was lucky enough to grow up and watch him play in Wetaskiwin. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, how about uh, you got something a uh, most embarrassing moment, Steve? <laughs> is, you, you, you got a story there for us? Well, it's not a good one, but uh, <laughs> probably my most embarrassing moment was getting escorted out of Collingwood Lanes by John Shear in a headlock. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Whoops. Yeah, I remember having a, it was a Friday night and I had a work function upstairs in the, the, the room they had upstairs. They had like a poker night and stuff like that. And, you know, drinks were flowing, had a good time. We were playing poker, won a bunch of money, had a few drinks, went downstairs, started bowling in socks, you know, playing for money and stuff like that. And I don't know, some guy was chirping at me next door, some young guy didn't play, said, you guys suck and you guys aren't very good. And I was one drink too many, I guess, and took it the wrong way. And I stayed <laughs> up of the stairs. I just kind of had enough. And I pushed the guy down the stairs. And John Shear comes up, grabs me by the headlock, drags me out of the bowling alley. My wife is pissed. And, uh, yeah, it was it was one of those pretty bad moments. <laughs> I think everybody wants yeah. it. I think it's time that we bring in Allison. And let's hear her version of the story. <laughs> All right. Is she going to come and join you sitting down? Or no, we yeah, she's been sitting here and keep throwing stuff at me every time I say something wrong. So. <laughs> she's ready, is she? Yeah. Hi, Allison. Hi. Hey. Hello. So how did the story really go? Uh, that was pretty accurate, except the funniest part was we were in the car, and I think Amanda Bell was driving, and... Rod Davies was in the car and I think Brian Shields and it was silence, complete silence, like half the drive home. And then all of a sudden Brian Shields goes, Steve, why you always got to start shit? And then it just, <laughs> the car blew up and it was, yeah, the rest of the drive home. And then Steve slept on the couch and he had won a bunch of money that night in poker and he thought that I took it, which I didn't. And in the morning, he woke up and reached in his pocket and pulled out a lot of money. And yeah, I, I <laughs> we don't talk about that night very sure. much. You're an accountant; <laughs> like the money should go to you right away. Like here you go. You're exactly right. She gets enough of it already. <laughs> <laughs> That's my money. I won that money. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's hilarious. That's good. Yeah. So what's going on, Allison? Everything's uh, everything's okay there. Steve, make any lies or how was how, how's he doing so far? No, he's doing good. He's doing been good. lecturing me all day, not to say yeah. stupid. Don't piss anybody <laughs> off. I still have to show my face in these places too. So just because he likes yeah. to be the controversial one doesn't mean that I do too. So. Nobody watches these podcasts, anyways. It's fine. <laughs> well, my dad's watching, so we gotta be careful. <laughs> <laughs> well, we now we now naming Steve as the People's Champ, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I saw that. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we we hear about your gold medal. Steve made mention of that. You made sure that uh, you know Allison has a gold medal. 
<laughs> yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Two perfect games, though. Uh, there it is. There you go. I have more nationals appearances too. Also, <laughs> think <laughs> wow. I I deserve a full podcast. Don't be on the minutes at the end here. I get a full. full one, right? <laughs> nah, he can have his glory. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, we're just trying to pump him up for the uh, the pro team coming up here. You know, a couple of weeks. I want to make sure. But he says he's on the bench. I thought I was on the bench. How can we have us both on the bench? Well, we got to talk. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> Whoever's nicer to me, you know. What, one's, one's bench on the bench and one's not playing. Yeah, I guess, right? There you go. He's not, not even in the lineup. One is kicked right, kicked right out. All right. Thanks, thanks, Dex. Thanks for bringing it up. I'm a problem solver. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, I wonder if you guys are all vaccinated, but you guys are all the senior age, so you guys probably are, so... I'm Nothing triple that. About your team. <laughs> I'm triple that. I'm not oh. that much older than you. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Holy Tim. We have Heidi so, on the team. She's, uh, she's old. my she's, age. She's close to be. Yeah, she's old. Danielle. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Matt. Okay, yeah. Matt's old. I mean, your his body, theory doesn't his, hold up. His body. His body is pretty ancient, if you ask him. Back, he'll probably give out after the first game. <laughs> what John, uh, John, Johnny's forty? Yeah, that's old. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember when did you guys meet? Now, obviously, Steve, you're working down in, in Hamilton. When did you meet? Obviously, at the bowling alley. Did you know each other before? Um, how did this uh, love story begin for you two? It's a love story. <laughs> <laughs> After that poker night, who knows? Yeah. Uh, also, met Ontario. <laughs> Obviously met in Ontario. Uh, I think playing Masters. I think Obviously we had some mutual friends. Obviously Martin Talbot. I kind of we started hanging out a lot then, and uh, Kelly yeah. Martin as well, and uh, hung out a lot. And I was getting a pitcher. We just kind of headed off, spent a lot of time together, and you know here we are. I guess so. Yeah. So now that would be a uh, a bucket list listing for you to to you know who would you we ask the question who did you not get a chance to play with on a team. Who are so you know uh, Allison, you, you know your son uh, to get to play in a team again? Is that say the, the open again, or is that pro team league? Uh, what does that look like to, to play together on a team league night? What is that? No, we did that last year. No, league's no good. <laughs> I think we'd like to play. I'd like to play. I mean, it'd be nice to play the open or something together. I think would be kind of cool. Uh, or with Kyle. Uh, I was fortunate enough when I went back to BC to get to play with uh, Sean Evie and stuff like that, and I really enjoyed that. And, and you know, playing with Sean and Jennifer and stuff like that was a definitely a lot of fun. So it'd be nice to play with Allison and and Kyle down the road if that works out. But uh, you never know. But uh, I made a lot of good friends in bowling, so there's a lot of people I would have loved to have played with. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Work with Matt too. Yeah. Matt's yes. There's one place person at bowls now that I've never had the chance to play. This is probably Matt Schultz. Mm-hmm. Just uh, always someone I've never played with, and always admired his game, his intensity, and looks like I might get the chance to play with him on the pro tour, which is which is great. But uh, he's just always been one guy. We just it's just never worked out. One of us is either on the men's team or the mixed team, or one makes it, one doesn't. And uh, I've just always had a lot of respect for his game. 
yeah, he's just always someone I've always wanted to play with as well. So hopefully there's still time. I guess we make it till next weekend. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's You're coming. But I'm on the bench, so I still might not get to play with him. Yeah. <laughs> you'll be wearing the same shirt, you'll be okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Any uh, any highlights uh, come to mind, Allison? Watching Steve Bull, obviously the you know you were there at the perfect game or any of the other tournaments, uh, Autumn Open last year. Uh, what can you say about Steve and his game that you've seen uh, some play at some some higher levels? Yeah, the perfect game was obviously awesome. I was bowling against him, uh, or well, on the same set of lanes, so I was actually pacing him in the tenth frame, which was kind of cool, um, super nerve wracking, but it's pretty cool. Um, it, yeah, like I've seen perfect games thrown before, but it's different when it's your husband and it's really different when, you know, your child is standing right behind and he was super excited and it was just an experience that we will always cherish, um, regardless of whether it's recognized or not, it doesn't matter. Um, the cash tournaments, yeah, like watching Steve in the cash tournaments, I, I enjoy, um, I find it difficult, um, you know, <laughs> He likes to pull games out of his ass and that's stressful <laughs> as a wife. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's fun, but, uh, yeah, like I just enjoy, I enjoy watching the game and I enjoy watching Steve. It's nice to have someone to cheer for. Um, it doesn't always go our way. You know, it was really difficult to watch him, uh, when we lived on the Island play provincials in BC and he was top qualifier at the open, um, for singles and lost two games to, uh, Kevin McAlpine. Um, so, you know, it's not always easy, uh, to be the wife or the spectator. Um, sometimes you'd rather be up there throwing the shot yourself, especially when you are a bowler or used to be anyways. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, Steve's a good guy to watch. He doesn't typically get down on himself, so that's kind of nice. You know, he can have an attitude sometimes, but uh, he doesn't generally bring it off the lanes. So Alleviates a little bit of stress from you, right? So you don't have to pick him up off the ground from a temper tantrum or anything like that. So that's nice. Yeah, and like I don't, I don't, that stuff's not cool with me. So <laughs> I think he's learned too. I think he might have calmed down over the years as well, being with me. I think I kind of keep him in check a little bit. <laughs> yeah. that's it. But it's awfully yeah. nice though, as you know, a bowling couple, you, you get it, you respect it, you know, when somebody's in that, you know, stressful moment. You know, you even said it, um, you were able to pace him in the 10th frame. You know, a lot of times people sometimes just walk away and let the guy do their thing, and all of a sudden you're standing up there by yourself. Like, no, 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 no. That's like we've been going ball for ball here. That's don't, don't, don't leave me up here stranded. But you get it. Everything that he's going through in any of these stressful moments or cash games or you know tournaments, uh, you've been there and you've done it yourself. So you're you're very supportive in that way, and that that's awesome as a couple to be able to do that. Yeah, and I think that any bowling couple can attest to. There, there's always that unspoken competition between the two of you. Um, you know, even though, uh, you know, if you look at our bowling careers now, we're at completely different levels. But you know, when we were in Ontario, we were at a very similar, um, like, bowling level, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So everything was a competition, and even now, like, everything's still a competition. You know, I don't win very many of them, but uh, at least, you know, it gives you something to strive for. And 
uh, we played league um, together on the island for a couple years. We played uh, triples uh, with Steve, myself, and Sean Eby. And, you know, it's just nice to have that competition every week. And that's probably the best that I've bowled in the last, you know, 10 years is playing on that team because you've got two guys that you're going at it with every every week to try to be the best and you know yeah. it's nice it's nice to have that and then you know when you get in the car on the way home you both understand what's what's happened in that tournament or what's happened in that league night or whatever and you know it's kind of nice to be able to relate and we've both been there and i am on the other hand am not a good spectator <laughs> <laughs> yeah you gotta talk about the alberta spectators club <laughs> yeah, let's let's hear it. What is the Alberta Spectators Club? That's <laughs> so Allison was playing nationals in Sudbury, and obviously I went to watch. And there was myself, Casey Campbell, and Mark Johnstone all watching our significant other's bowl. <laughs> Johnny was watching Chance. Oh yeah, Johnny was watching Chance. Sorry. <laughs> same, like, same yeah, you're right. At that time, <laughs> time frame, there was a good four years there. They were spouses, so we're, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Johnny so, and Chance. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, we're like, this is painful. Like, we got to do something. So, we created the Alberta Spectator Club. <laughs> so what it was is you had to buy a pitcher of beer to be a part of the club. Good idea. Once you bought a pitcher of beer. You were in the club. Yeah. Well, this thing, you we could have imagined how this thing took off. Like, <laughs> I didn't buy beer the rest of the weekend. Like, <laughs> people would come up to us and go, how do I get in the club? Well, you buy a pitcher of beer and you can help yourself to all this beer. You, and you like, fill up your glass and you're good, yeah. We would be in the bar and there would be six jugs on the table and four on the floor because we couldn't keep up. It was ridiculous. <laughs> It was the first weekend I met Allison's parents, and I went to the banquet, and I could barely put two words together. And you weren't but even bowling. You were a spectator. I wasn't even bowling, and it was it was hilarious because people just kept coming up buying beer, and we'd say, help yourself, but of course, they just buy the beer and leave. Yeah. So the three of us sat there and basically drank for the whole weekend, and there was two different lanes, and I remember going to another, the other lanes, you know, and... People are coming up to me going, hey, how do I join the club? I'm like, we've got to buy a pitcher of beer, but there's no beer at this location. <laughs> but anyways, it was a, it was hilarious. It was a, it was the best pyramid scheme I think we'd ever come up with. But uh, it was awesome. Nothing like finishing a, you know, a block of bowling and looking around to find your husband and you don't know where he is and you find him in the bar. Come on, internet. Was like he, the table oh, yeah. was covered in pictures. That's for you. You have to retell yeah. my story. There's nothing like finding your husband what? Oh, yeah. You finish a block of bowling and you're looking around looking for Steve and then can't find him anywhere and you go into the bar and he's sitting in the bar at a table that is covered in pitchers of beer <laughs> and look under the floor and there's like more beer under the floor than there is on the ta table they just couldn't keep up it was ridiculous <laughs> yeah awesome. and Annette yeah Annette I'm sure she felt the same as I did like yeah <laughs> they weren't there to watch they were there to 
drink beer. I have seen you pound back your fair share of Smirnoff ice watching him play too, though. So, like, cut the guy some slack. It's true. True story. Um, So, the most important question of this whole podcast, Allison, tell us about your gold medal experience. Uh, well, Steve doesn't have one, so that's the biggest accomplishment. <laughs> but, you know, I do have a bone to pick with you guys. So, so I, uh, hang on, we have a pop-up here and Steve's a little technology challenge. Um, <laughs> so last week on the podcast, you had Melissa Manor on, who's a good friend of mine. Um, I listened and you guys were talking about gold medals and um, specifically her gold medal uh, with the Newfoundland ladies. And uh, you guys made a comment. I think it actually came from Gino, but um, that one gold medal doesn't mean much. (laughs) That it's kind of like a one hit wonder kind of thing. And I have to tell you guys, it didn't sit well with me because my gold medal is the only gold medal that I have as well, same as Melissa. Um, And it's the thing that I'm the most proud of in my entire bowling career. Um, I I got it playing for Ontario, um, Ontario Masters ladies team, uh, 2006 in Manitoba. Um, I won... Well, now, like, I have a terrible memory, too, but I think I won, like, 19 and a half games out of 21 or something like that um, on the team. I tied with Michelle Gardner. I remember that was my tie. I'm pretty sure that was my tie. Um, I don't remember who I lost to. But anyways, I had a great record, um, averaged really well. I think Jackie Grossart beat me in average by, like, point something of a pin. Um, But, like... Playing the Masters out of Ontario, uh, I've played in three provinces now, um, and it's just a different experience. And there's, at that time, I don't know about now, but there was a lot of competitors, a lot of ladies. It was extremely difficult to make that team. Um, And then, you know, you're always going to nationals and you're competing against Alberta and Quebec, and they were the strong ones at the time. Uh, Manitoba was usually there. Saskatchewan ladies were usually pretty good. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't a walk in the park and I think to uh, to take that kind of away from someone or say that it doesn't mean as much because you've only done it once um, you know yeah like I see Palmer's comment there one gold is more than most people will ever get so um, I just kind of wanted to you know, slap you guys on the wrist and say, you know, <laughs> and I'm um, so, no, it's just, so, I'm, I'm proud yeah. of it. So, so I did, I don't want, didn't want to cut you off. The comment was meant as like a WCBT title for the prestige side of it. It wasn't meant to take uh, a gold medal away from anybody. It was just meant to be, you can win one WCBT title, but when you win two, that's when you know you're kind of at the top of the game for that time period. It wasn't meant for um, the Open or the Masters. I hope you did. I Obviously, you did take it that way. That wasn't the way the, the comment was meant to be taken. Allison, but uh, yeah, you totally I agree. I just want to say that I am super proud of you. And as a person that was not on that podcast, I am offended for you. <laughs> you would have been in the same way as the other guys. I remember uh, the conversation. It's, I, I yeah, think it's, I it's I different when you win 
a second time from a mental, from a psyche, from a thing. But absolutely, winning one national is the pinnacle for a lot of people. You'll those people will never get higher than winning that one national, and that's absolutely amazing. But there's a difference when you win two. There, there is, and then you win three. It's just like you know, there, there's a different level, right? And that's, that's yeah. the reality of it. Just winning those multiples, and some of these guys, unfortunately, they were speaking. Um, you know, they've won multiple, so you can feel what Tim's won three opens or Kerry's won multiple tournaments, you know, Adam in, the, in there, right? It's a different feeling for these guys. But for, you know, you winning the one or me winning the one or people winning the one, it's absolutely amazing, right? Yeah, and yeah. I think that well, was, that was the, the goal comment was like, yeah. you get to the one, that's obviously the top. And now where do you go from there? Where do you set your next goal? Yeah. If you don't feel that two is going to be the next step, I like I don't know how you how you grow as a player from there is kind of where the conversation was going, um, but yeah, I Allison, I totally apologize if if yeah. a lot of, a lot of people took it that way. That wasn't the way it was meant to be. No, for it's sure. It's all good. I, I was talking I, I was talking to Manor last night about it, and uh, you know I was proud of the way she handled it because I think she came back with her story about how people were betting on them to how many like in prior right. years. Uh, you know how many points they would actually take and and you know so for her to actually come back and win after having people betting on them to lose um you know that's a pretty amazing feat and i think that team that did win deserves all the props in the world because that's an amazing feat and um regardless of whether that's their first or or if they'll go on to win many many more um a gold mm -hmm. medal is a gold medal in my opinion and i think all those yeah. ladies are amazing absolutely yeah. uh steve we've got a got a little question your favorite bowling story what do you got uh kg <laughs> we KG uh, bowl, know the, back the, the big tournament the kg bowl the kate well the kg hotel is probably the classic <laughs> But uh, I remember back in the day, we used to prank rooms all the time. We'd trash people's rooms and, and so forth. So there was one night we had a few beers. And I think it was me, Holsworth, and Shannis were like having a few drinks going, we need to trash Hal and Mortar's room. So we go up to the lobby. I go up to the lobby and say, yeah, I'm Bruce Mortar. I lost my key. Can I get a key? So they gave me a key. So we go up to this room, and the three of us absolutely trash this room. TV's in the bathtub, beds flipped over. I think we broke the, the, the light in the room, just totally upended this thing. And I remember at one time going, are we sure this is their room? <laughs> and we're like, well, yeah, let's look around. So we saw a cooler. That's how drunk we are. I'm like, oh, this is definitely their room. Because Lynn and Bruce always travel with a cooler. No. Anyway, so we trash this room. So we leave, and we're thinking we're pretty good, right? We get to the elevator, open the elevator. Who's standing in the elevator? Bruce Mortar. And we're like, ah, oh, crap, we're busted, right? So, so we go downstairs to the bar, and Lynn Howell's in the bar. And the three of us are just sweating it out. Like We're like, oh, man, this is not going well. And Mortar doesn't come down doesn't come down and the longer this takes we're just going like oh man this is not going to be there <laughs> they got something in store for us and this is not going to be good <laughs> so all night nothing go to the bowling alley the next day 
nothing. We're like, what the hell? Like, what? What are they? What are they got planned? Then Harvey comes down. And he's not bullied. He comes and he starts telling the story how he was going to his room. And some guys with security outside of his room, not a bowler. And he's telling the security guy, he goes, I just left for a couple hours. I come back and my room is completely trashed. <laughs> I kicked him out of the hotel. And so the, the hotel gave us the wrong key, right? So it was just, oh my God. It was freaking wow. hilarious. Oh, and we no. just died. It was, you, yeah. You clearly, you clearly didn't fess up for it. Yeah. Oh, we did after the fact, but well, not to the guy, not to the guest that was. Not there. to that guy, no. Well, because again, Harvey, like, yeah, I think yeah. the guy got kicked out of the hotel. Yeah. Then, oh, no. You know, and Harvey's just saying, he goes, "Yeah, the guy was just sitting, there going, I just left for a couple hours. I don't know what happened." Oh, yeah, you no. gotta go, man. You gotta go. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, that was wow. a good one. <laughs> yeah, we had some good ones there. I think oh, Shannon's got a bed full of fish one year too i think it was oh no i think that was the well and i think filled his bed full of fish there were some good ones can we, can we do a hashtag rob shannis right? yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah where's robbie at so. <laughs> oh man that's awesome um so i guess we're at our over our two hour mark so we'll kind of wrap this thing up is there any last comments any of you guys have steve allison the crew Oh, just thanks for having us on. Or uh, it's been uh, it's been good. Um, I've had a lot of good times. The sport's been good to me over the years. I've obviously been able to travel all across this country to play this game. Met a lot of really good friends across the country, and you know, some to this day that I've I'm still really good friends with. I met a long time ago. Whether it's you know Barrett or Sean Eby and Jen, and you know Martin Talbot in Ontario and Blair and Shields and um kelly and it's just uh the sport's been good to me um i'm just glad to be part of it. i'm glad i've been able to find a little bit of uh energy to come back for maybe a couple more years and see what happens but um yeah it's uh it's been good it's been a lot of fun so but thanks for having us on and i don't know if you got anything to add but yeah, no, I I listen, you guys know, I listen to the taped version usually of this every week, um, the day after, or the day that it gets posted on SoundCloud, and I enjoy it. Uh, I think you guys are doing a great job. Uh, it's nice to see the diversity in the people that you're um, starting to have on, well, not starting, but continuing to have on. Um, it's nice to get some different people on, and uh, yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy what you're doing, and uh, keep trying to grow the game and and let's keep this thing alive and you know well and thank you to you do. Allison obviously you've been uh, you know a good help with Tim and chatting with some of these yeah. people in Ontario that have helped you know get them and making them feel comfortable to come on here and you know obviously some days should have you on as your full episode I mean you've got a, a pretty solid crew yourself so um, something, to, something to chat about someday but uh, yeah Glad you yeah. come on, Steve. We've been buddies for a long time, and uh, good to see you playing well. And always support you and your playing. And uh, and now happy to be playing on the, uh, the the pro team league. So we'll see where that goes. So yeah, thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks. Thanks, thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, no problem. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys in Calgary. Can't wait. Tomorrow. See, see you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah see tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, league night. Hashtag league oh, yeah, night. League night. <laughs> All right. All right. Have a good night, guys. Hey guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Yeah.
Alrighty. That was awesome. Yeah, that was really um, good. St- Steve Greensides, um, I-, I don't know why, but you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Steve's a good dude, right? Steve Obviously, is, he's I, a, yeah. I mean, well, Greensides, but Steve Cummings, obviously a good dude. Like, he's a guy yes. that's, you know, been in the game for a long time, but at the top of the game, you know, in Edmonton, he's been a perennial powerhouse, city high average, played in, played in you know, some, some big times, big matches, but a guy that has his opinions and he's entitled to them and makes his yeah. choices of what tournaments he plays in. Um, and that's fine too. Right. I've always respected the, the, him and what he chooses and, and how he fights sometimes a little bit stubborn and, and that's cool. Right. That's, <laughs> that's what makes good conversation is yeah. when a guy's like that, that you can actually, you know, build a, a friendship and, and see where he's coming from. He's not going to sugarcoat shit, right? Like he's, he's there and he's, he, he's true to himself and he is, he's deep. And those are those are the really good people around you, right? You don't want anybody sugarcoating stuff, and it, it's nice to get true opinions and the way people see it. And Steve is definitely one of those guys that will do it. And Allison is uh, sweet enough to put up with him and t- tag along and uh, t- put him in his place when he gets out of line. So it's perfect. Yeah. But he's a guy that can shoot. He made that. Sure, we yeah. joked about being at 50 years old, but the guy can shoot. He can throw oh, bombs. Sure. Right? And Nicky's been joked about him dropping the ball. But he's a guy that you fear. I mean, I think his first couple of weeks of Thursday Night League, he's already averaging 285. Right? He just he throws bombs. That's why he's on the BBG Bombers. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know what? Um, Segway. Like, I, I, th- I think Steve's career, I mean, obviously he mentioned that he had – uh, it took a lot of time off for kids and stuff like that. I have to admit that that shows what kind of person he is. He, I, don't, I don't think Steve's ever missed anything with his kids, yeah. ever, right? And um, his resume it would be so much bigger and huger, right? But uh, utmost respect for that, right? And uh, I, I saw, I don't know, I just look yeah. at six six City Edmonton trial, uh, open, sorry, six city high averages that's incredible right and yeah um i think is it was just incredible yeah i i completely agree with what tim's saying for sure 100 percent. i mean steve's accolades are incredible but for the people that don't know steve and like on a personal level steve is a fantastic dad he is a really really great dad and uh yeah i mean that's that's probably the the best thing you can ask for in life right so um at the end at the end of the day, uh, his bowling career has been phenomenal, but I completely respect his decisions because he has his priorities straight, and kudos to him. Couldn't agree more. All right, we got a couple raffles here. We got the Weber $100 WCBT membership that he's giving away to a lucky future WCBT member. Um, so let's bring that up. and. There- there couldn't be a bigger and huger prize. <laughs> uh, huger, that cracks me up. That's not a word, but we're hey, real hey, with it. Sometimes the English doesn't go well for us, guys. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, so 24 uh, WCBT members have signed up for Weber's free giveaway. So good luck, everyone. Did I see a Cindy sighting? She's going to be playing on tour? Hopefully she wins for me. No, just... Rylan. <laughs> Rylan. Rylan. There you go. Oh, he's good for five shifts, so that's perfect. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, he's oh, definitely a guy awesome. that... And uh, he's young. He probably needs a He'll little play. bit of... Uh, yeah. 
a little bit of help. So works good. Remember, awesome. All right. So our next one, the All Star giveaway. Twenty-one people have entered it. Here we go. There we go. Awesome. Nice, Carol. Good. It's awesome. Is she still on the island or out in Vancouver? She's on the island right now. Yeah, she yeah. just she's moved a... out to the island. Oh, okay. During during COVID, yeah, she's on Victoria somewhere in that area. Perfect. Good for her. That's awesome. All right, so we'll gather the information, send it off, and that's another podcast, guys. Hundred. She was hundred thirteen. She, eh? she was the last one to put her name in. Oh yeah, worked out great. All right, nice. There we go. That's awesome. Um, so, do we have anything lined up for next week, Tim? No. Oh not no, yet. no. Uh, so two weeks from now, obviously the press conference. So we might do um, another podcast next week. We yeah. have some uh, giveaways lined up from our hundredth this extravaganza. The ladies. Um, lined up to give away some free memberships for the female WCBT members. So I think we'll line something up for that next week as well. That's the call. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Good stuff, guys. Good show. We'll uh, chat next week. Thanks, everybody.